And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Josh Thompson, what are you doing? How is life going? It has to be fantastic because we have another edition of the Weighing In podcast coming directly to you and everyone else that wants to know about what's going on in the world of MMA and combat sports. And we are here to deliver it to everyone. And there's a lot of good stuff coming out. And there's a big show that's coming up on Saturday with three world title fights. I'm happy for two of them. One of them, I don't think it's going to be that good. (laughs) What's up? What's going on? The crowd goes wild when Josh Thompson is announced. I just did that because I know people in the comment section hate it. So I just did exactly. it on purpose. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and for those of you guys that are asking for timestamps, we have some fans that are in the comment section that love to do the timestamps for us. And we want to thank you guys. You guys are the true heroes of uh, the comment section. We want to thank you guys because podcast Dave and I and Big John obviously have talked. We are not doing timestamps. We're going to mm. let we're going to let the fans do it because they love to do it. I love the fact that they put in little quirky things like Josh having problem with his cauliflower, you know, little things like that. It's pretty, it's awesome. I love re- I love it. I love it. John, you know, it's from some stages, John makes funny face or whatever. You know what I mean? It's, they do a really good, they do really good. The best timestamp is zero, zero start. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Zero, zero start. And then, and then right after that, Josh Thompson says first on the, on the comment section right after that. First. Oh man, it's great. Other than that, I'm ex- I'm pumped up. I'm amped. Um, uh, we hit ninety thousand, baby. We hit ninety thousand. Woo! And within like a day, we hit another hundred and thirty-three within two days, something like In that. But that's awesome. That was awesome. I love it. Hit ninety thousand. Look, guys, our goal is to hit a hundred thousand by the end of March, which is very doable, one hundred percent doable. But we want to try to hit the hundred thousand before we hit, go on the road for uh, all the Bellator shows and. You know, and doing our show on the road. So we want to try to get to a hundred thousand before April first. Try to help us out with that. Share our videos. You know, take clips, take our short clips, and spread those all over you all over Twitter. We want to thank you guys for just being supportive. Hit the thumbs up in our comment sections and hit the thumbs up on our channel as well. That'll help share our videos. Put us ahead of Arahawani, DC, Chael. And Chael's my boy, but Chael. I want to try to get ahead of Chael. You know, and anybody else that has an MMA podcast, because we know that their podcast, John, is not as good as ours. I love it. I love the fact that we have a Scottish Ariel, guy working for who? us. Yeah, I know. I know. John, you sound a little salty, buddy. What's going on? Oh, I'm not salty. <laughs> just, you know, I like listening to people uh, that have no clue what they're oh, talking about. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. Rough, rough, rough. All right. Well, hey, but you know what? Because people love our show, you want to know why they love our show? Because we jump right into the fight talk. Let's get right into this card, UFC 259. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All the way from the bottom, or where are we doing? Let's go where from do you the bottom. Go? We can't start with the main event. We got to make them wait. Make them thirsty. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Trevin Jones and Mario Batista. Mm. That's a good. That's gonna be a good. Trevin's really he's he's been he's been fighting well, so it's gonna be fun to watch. He's a he's one of those guys, man. He's either putting it on or uh, he's he's having a hard time in the fight, but. He comes after you. I like him. He's a tough dude. Yeah, It'll but, be a fun fight. Batista is good. I know. He's good. 
I know. Tell me how you think Batista's not going to win this fight. Tell me how. <laughs> Batista's good. He is good. He's he's really good. But if he makes a big mistake, Trevin Jones can catch him. Yeah. Trevin's good on the ground. You know, he Trevin you know, coming out of Guam, training with a lot of freaking guys that are just junkyard dog killers there. He's mm. good. He's tough. Now, I admit, I think that Batista has the advantage in the fight. He's the guy that everyone's going to be looking towards. But you never know, man. Trevin Jones, he's a tough dude. It's. I think it's hard. Let's talk about the. Let's talk about being the like basically the first fight on the card, being the the prelims, opening the arena, like all those things. I know there's no fans, but there's a little bit of that extra pressure when you're the very first fight. I don't. I don't know what. Even if you're not on TV, you're the very first fight. It's like. Everyone, that's like the the opening gate, opening doors for everyone. Everyone that's sitting cage side, okay, finally we're here to the action. The fight they're first paying attention to, that they, they expect. That's how the, f- the rest of the night's gonna go. If that fight is good, the rest of the the rest of the card is gonna be great. It doesn't always happen that way. We know that. No, but I'm saying, doesn't. but I'm saying though, as it puts in perspective, people. The people that are there at cage side are like, oh, God, if this fight is good, that means are we going to have a good night or are we not going to have a good night? That's kind of what people say. So, I mean, for me, that's how I've always felt. If you go you out know, there, it, it, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. If you go out there and have a great fight, everyone else expects. The, it just keeps the ball rolling. As a promoter, that's what you want. Oh, absolutely. I swear to you, I was because I, I, I was watching and I, I saw the, the little clip that uh, – Jason Perlo put out of Michael Bisping walking into Ruka and there's Luke Rockhold and you know, they, <laughs> they meet up and stuff like that. And I was, I was just thinking back to that show, that fight, because obviously they had fight fought once before and Luke had won. And then Michael gets that fight, you know, last, uh, I guess two weeks time, basically. And the, the opening fight of that night, Josh, was Polo Reyes against, uh, I want to say, Dung Kim, Dung Young Kim or something like that. But what a fight it was. It was unbelievable. It was so good. And then in that show, there was a couple of other fights that were really good. And especially I did the one with um, Max Holloway fought Ricardo Lamas. And in the last 10 seconds of it, you know, he points to the yeah. middle, does his crazy Max Holloway stuff. And, they just started swinging, and then the big fight at the end. When you have, I always look and say, you could have the greatest card all the way through, and if your main event sucks, it kind of brings everything else down. Yeah. But man, you could have a bad card, and the main event's great. People go, okay, it was good. But when you have one that just almost every fight is just fireworks and fun to watch and that night it was and when michael bisping knocked him out in the first round which nobody expected no. really and uh just an incredible card and so when you're, you're talking about the, the pressure of that opening uh fight i just in watching michael and luke together and i was thinking about that card and that very first fight i'll never forget i remember polo reyes mike belt beltran was the referee and he walked out of that cage like oh my god that was the greatest fight and it was it was so good People got to go back and watch that fight. You brought up that that video, and it's funny. Um, I was actually watching it earlier today as well. This is what I feel is great about our sport of MMA. Fighters are accessible. The athletes are accessible. People that work within the promotions are accessible. Um, things like this 
it's great to see. I was so happy to see. I had never seen them in a room together outside of like fight time. I had never, even at Ruka, I had never seen them like, you know, in videos together or even in person together. <clears throat> but it was good to see. It was great to see that they can coexist. And I liked how Bisbing was kind of poking fun at him about his dog liking him more than him. Than, <laughs> than, than his dog liking Luke. I thought it was, I thought it was great. But this is what's great about our sport. And it's funny because I, I want to touch again on is that Eves and I had filmed a thing talking about our fight, doing a talk over about the time when he beat me. And then he reached out to me this morning and he's like, hey, um, you know, the file got corrupted. You know, is it possible if we could redo it? And I was like, yeah, oh, sure. you're kidding. No, nah, yeah, it's a, it, it it sucked. But, it, you know, it is what it is. But like, hey, and I told him I just sent him out. I said, hey, anything for you, brother. Like it doesn't like things like this. I want people to remember that at the end of the day, in 10 years, when you're done fighting or after that, no one's going to care. Nobody's going to care. Like, they're not going to care about you. They're not going to care about the fighter that you fought. They're not going to care. Sure, they'll reminisce casually at some bar with their buddies, you know, and that's it. But that's it. Like, no one's going to care. The fact is that if you can still try to muster up the 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 way to be like nice to somebody else and to me that's important like being nice to somebody else and in, in times like what we're going through right now with all every, everything worldwide i think it's good and for me to see that like to me honestly i was like the rest of my day was a better day because of seeing bisbing and luke kind of joke around and laugh around at ruka i thought it was a, i thought it was a great uh a great thing uh, it just shows the respect that's there anytime you share that cage with somebody you've got to respect the fact that that person is in that cage standing across from you trying to do to you what you're trying to do to them. But there's a respect factor when that person steps up and shows you what they have and comes after you. If you don't have respect for them at that point, you're, you're not being smart. And this both, both Bisping and Rockhold, incredible yeah. fighters. And, and I, I'll give it my, you know, Michael Bisping, he did so much with, Really, when you look and you say, you know, he's a good athlete, but he's not Luke Rockhold. I'm just being honest. Yeah. And uh, this is where, you know, it's not always the guy that is the, the more skilled fighter, the better fighter overall, the technical guy. He doesn't always win. Sometimes it's the guy that's just the junkyard dog that doesn't give up and just has heart and keeps coming forward. And that's that was Michael Bisping in the fact. Because I'm going to straight out, Luke Rockhold was one of the most skilled fighters you yeah. could find. People have no idea how good he is. Yeah. Now, yeah, he's his chin is is a been a problem. You know, when he got knocked out, but he was so cocky about that fight. And when I went in the back with him, I actually brought commissioners from the California State Athletic Commission. They walked out and they said, "Is he always like that?" Because he was just cocky, didn't care. Was saying, "Yeah, John. Yeah, 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 yeah." You know, because he knew he was going to win, and sometimes that's. You know, the worst thing you can do. Yeah. But Luke Rockhold was unbelievably talented. Well, you know, when they talk about it's harder to keep the title than it is to win the title, it's absolutely true. Because there's something about fighters. I don't even know fighters. I think it's something about anyone, whether you're on a team, whether you're not on a team, whether you're an individual sport athlete or not. When you become the champion, it's harder to keep it and maintain it because you feel like the work is already done. The, that's why people like GSP, that's why other fighters, like you know, uh, Patricio Pitbull, Max Holloway, uh, any of those athletes that have John Jones, I mean, that have had and been able to retain the title for so long. And I know I get a lot of heat because uh, people would say I never give Stipe any credit. Stipe, 
being the guy, okay, the heavyweight. He's the guy that's held the title the longest in the heavyweight division ever in the UFC. I tip my hat to that guy. You know, oh, yeah. all of them, all these guys not. to continue to win at time after time again and get motivated to fight the number one contender. That person is always motivated that you're fighting because they know this is my chance for my opportunity to become world champion. You're already there. What's motivating you? Really nothing. That person in front of you and that's it. That's why I, that's why I continuously talk about. Guys like GSP and Max and Patricio and Douglas Lima and and all the other and, and Stipe, you know, and John Jones to do it for so damn long. It's absolutely amazing. Fabulous. I mean, it's crazy to think. And it's hard with Luke. It was as soon as he got there, like I had never seen. I had never seen someone. I don't want to say not seen someone work that hard, but he did things after the fact when he was on his rise to get to, to get to Chris Weidman. He, I, I remember we got done with the hard two hour long wrestling program, you know, for on Thursday, I mean on Tuesday. And I see him out in the street after we got done doing the whole workout, everything like that. And he's running sprints out in the street from phone post to phone post, like a light post to whatever it is, light post. And he's running them. And I'm like, how many run? He's like 20. I'm like, <sighs> you know what I mean? And, and they're, they're only probably about a hundred yards. You know, but, but to do Dude, it after to do it after two hours long of working out, and he was he wasn't going soft. He was everything was a hundred percent hard, hard. And you saw that, you know, in that fight. I want to remind people when he fought Weidman, he had gout in his foot. They got diagnosed that week, and he was on antibiotics. That's why he looked like he was so out of shape. When he wasn't out of shape, he was ready to go. If you go back and watch some of his fights when he fought Jacare and Strike Force and and all those guys, man, he had some great fights. And fights oh, yeah. that people thought Jacare is going to smash him. No, no, it was actually, it was a great fight. It was back and forth. I mean, Luke got dropped, I want to say once, almost got dropped twice, you know, in that fight and he came back and won the fight. It was a great fight. Great um, fight. You know, but it, 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 but it's hard to keep the title. It's hard to keep that motivation. And we saw that with Luke in that fight right there, right off the bat. And it's also hard to beat someone that you've already beaten. That the yes, motivation's got to be there. Especially if they're a good fighter. Yep. And when you said about Bisbing being, not the most talented guy, and but one of the most hardest working guys, and just yep. the that junkyard dog reminds me of John Fitch. I mean, I speak from his John Fitch is not the most talented guy. Guy can barely touch his toes. Like when he bends down, like he can barely reach over and touch his toes. He's not flexible at all. He's a hard worker. You know, he just grinded and grinded. That's how he got through his career. Was he grinding people down to nothing? Um, and I, f I feel like Bisbing is that type of guy as well. He just had he had a different way of doing it, and. I, it's, it's amazing. I'm just to go back to the original conversation is it's great to see that the sport does this. These two guys train in the same gym amongst under, underneath the same roof, just, you know, joking, laughing around. That's what this is about, man. This is this is great for humanity, good for good for the sport. It's let everybody know that it's a fight. Sure. But in real life, it's not a fight. It's just, you know, us getting through. I love it. It's a day, man. You know, whoever comes out the best on that day. Congratulations. Best yep. to you. You can get along. What other fights interest you in this whole thing? I Jake mean, I, Matthews and Sean Brady. I was going to say Jake Matthews. Okay. <laughs> God, that's going to be a good one. Oh, man. Uh, what, why do you think it's going to be good? You know, first off, Jake Matthews, uh, he's just a good good young fighter. You know, he had the fight. His, I think his last fight was against, uh, I think it was against Diego. Yeah, it was. That he won and, uh, you know, he handily won that fight. 
but he's a good solid fighter. But Sean Brady is a beast. Yeah. Sean Brady is unbelievably tough. His ground is fantastic. His stand up is good. That is going to be just a barn burner fight. I think, I think it's going to be one of the fights that you have to watch. Uh, it's going to be that good. Either guy can win it. And, uh, and when Sean Brady's undefeated, he's just good. And I yeah. love watching that guy. So I, that's what I'm really looking forward to. He's relaxed. He's composed. He seems like he's not out there really to try too hard. And he just, it comes natural to him. He seems like he's a true fighter. Jake Matthews, I think I feel like he's biting off a little bit more than he can chew in this fight, but he is good. I'm not, I'm not denying the fact that he's good. I'm saying that this is going to be a really tough challenge for him. And I don't know, man. Sean Brady's really good. He's real. He just seems like, from what I've seen of him. Now, I don't grant it. I've I've only seen I want to say two of his fights. He he just seems relaxed, composed. Got heavy hands. He comes forward. He's but he's he doesn't seem like he puts himself out of position too much. He lets the fight develop in front of him. He doesn't go out there and try and force the fight to happen. That's because he's not worried about wherever the fight goes. He's comfortable in the stand-up. His wrestling is good, and his ground game, as far as submissions, is outstanding. So when you've got that kind of confidence in your abilities, man, just let the fight come. And whatever I can take that I'm going to, you know, I see that this is the the area where I can push this fight and make it mine. That's what he does, and yeah. it's working. Undefeated so far. I mean, it should be fireworks. If if you guys are going to start watching from that card all the way up from the bottom, this is probably the fight that I would say you start with. You know, I mean, if you're going to show up late, but I mean, I think the whole card's going to be good. Um, I like when I get to the Benavides fight only because I'm a Benavides fan. Um, you know, one of the one of the guys been doing it for the longest time, and I'm a huge Benavides fan. Um, but Askarov and him, that's a, that's a it's tough a tough fight, fight for Joe. I know this. Um, but let me. I don't want to get into if he does lose, but I just, it's going to be a tough fight for him all the way around. It's going to be a tough fight for him. Can he get it done? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's going to have to be something spectacular. It's going to have to fight smart. He's going to have to fight smart. He's going to, it's going to come down to the judge's decision, I think. And it's going to come down to if he can get it that far and it's going to come down to him fighting very smart, picking and choosing his shots and not getting into those exchanges where he can get clipped or he can get just, taken down and, and just mauled from the top yeah I, it's that's one of those i i look in it if he ends up allowing it to be a stand-up fight he's going to be in trouble yeah he's got to he's got to mix it up and he's got to make it that full mma fight he's got good wrestling he's got a good ground game especially in the top position he does a lot of damage from there so that's where he needs to take this fight to be successful and he needs to do it multiple times in the fight because he's not just going to get rid of uh Askarov. yeah but he can't have Askarov on top of him either though from the no, top no, 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 no. that's the thing like i'm not oh. saying joe on top is good joe yes. on bottom not the same guy Trouble. he's hard he's hard to hold down but you don't want Askarov on top of you landing ground and pound that's the other thing joe on top is good he's phenomenal okay and i think he's got he's got he's got big power for someone who's so small and little box from the top position you know, but on the feet, it's not a good fight for him. It's not. It, it, yeah, you want to avoid the the speed, and especially as you get older, the speed becomes a factor, and you start waiting to get hit. Especially with those guys, because they're yeah. all fast. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. When you hit that, when you hit that, 
that uh size doesn't matter <laughs> once the speed goes it's done Ooh. oh the next right. one dominic cruz against casey kenny is going to be an interesting fight at least in my opinion i this is a fight that you know dom can can control things a lot based upon his awkwardness and the footwork that he uses that is weird that catches a lot of people off casey kenny's a lot faster than dominic cruz right John, Go ahead, John. Are are you are you uh, are you're doing what everybody else is doing? You are counting out the veteran. I'm not counting him out at all. I'm just saying he's got his hands full and he's got to control this fight and make Casey Kenny be confused by what he does with his footwork. If he can get Casey Kenny guessing and being confused, he's got a very good chance of winning this fight. If he is in a position where he starts to move and Kenny just starts to walk through what he's doing because he's faster, he's going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I really comes down to, I just think the years of experience and Dom being when it comes to people want to talk, when people want to talk about fight IQ, he's probably, I'd say top three or four. Oh, he's, he's right there. Yeah. He's Without right there. He's, he's in that top, he's in that top one to four kind of position. And he adjusts very well yes. on the fly. But when he has a hard time adjusting is when he can't adjust because somebody is faster. Yeah. I'm just going to say, look at the guy that took his title. Yep. Yep. Okay. He, he was not as experienced, didn't have, you know, the full range of tools, but way faster. And it caused Dominic problems. And, and I, and I'm saying it off. Like I was in there with him and I saw the problems that he was having based upon speed. And Casey Kenny is just like Cody Garbrandt when it comes to speed, he's fast. Yeah. So, okay. So I understand that, but not everyone is able to handle that type of stage and that pressure. True. Um, like Cody Garbrandt did. So Cody, he rose to the occasion at that moment and he relaxed something we didn't see him do after his after he won yeah, the title true. you know and that's what cost him him losing his title was that we didn't see him relax after that if he, if i you think Casey Kenny can do that because yeah. when you're fighting somebody like Dom and with all the movement and all the things that you're doing are you do you think he can rise to that occasion and relax during those situations what i'd say it wasn't Casey Kenny's last fight it was his the two fights ago he fought um guy from china i believe it was and i would i wouldn't be able to say his name no but he fought Haley nathaniel Alatang. wood uh, two fights ago he said two fights ago two fights ago Haley. yeah yeah altang or something like that yeah, Alatang. yeah yeah that fight right there showed me everything i needed to know about casey kenny because that fight he had a guy that was tough good wrestler coming after him take every shot and he just kept doing the exact same thing he never started to overextend he never got crazy even when he hurt him he just stayed composed that fight told me everything i need to know about the level that casey kenny is on right now okay so i'll go into this as well the level is different or is he reading his own headlines let's not forget casey kenny was part of that that uh video with sugar sean o'malley no, right? big deal. No, 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 stop, stop. Yeah. No, no, stop. But when you're fighting someone who has a big name like Dominic Cruz, and now you're hanging out with people like Sean, O'Malley, uh, Sean O'Malley, who have, you know, a big platform, are you letting it get to your head? John, these are all things to consider when you're coming into yeah. a fight. You're, you're young. You're talented. You know you're good. 
Now you're fighting somebody that will catapult you into that conversation of, am I coming up now on a title shot? Am I in the top three? Am I in the top five? Am I in the, in the rankings? Those are all things for young fighters at 29 years old. I'm in my prime. I'm ready to go. You're having that conversation. Is he letting this going to go to his head? Is he going to go out there and perform? Is he going to take it all in and do what he needs to do to get the job done and get the W? Because like as if I always say, is winning solves everything. Will he win or will he succumb to the pressure of Dom? That's People do it all the time. They always think that they're going to beat the old... The old lion. But guess what? That lion goes down there and fucks them all. That's what he, he does. Yeah, he you bites hard. I mean? you know, yeah. And is Dom going to do? I, I really, I don't like to count out Dom because there's been several fights that I thought he was going to get smashed. And he came out and put on a clinic given even, even a year or two, three, what, three years out. And he came back and just dominated people. And I was like, wow, I do know that he's getting older. I do know the speed is, is dwindling down. But you have to remember Casey Kenny with the, a little bit more of the hype around it because he is fighting Dom. How is he approaching this fight? Is he going to let it get to him? You know, and Dom knowing that there's a target on his back, he needs to get this win. Dom's guy doesn't really, he makes a lot of excuses, but tries to act like he doesn't. You know? I was like, say, don't say he doesn't make excuses. No, yeah, he, he makes a lot of excuses, but tries to act like he doesn't. But the, the bottom, Cigarettes and alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but when it comes, <laughs> but I like Dom. I like, I like Dom's I approach. So do I. I love Dom's approach and on things, you know, like uh, ring rust is not real for some people. It's not for the ones that can block that out of their mindset and do it. He's one of those guys. Yeah. But what is not, we you know what is real father time. And that's one yeah. thing he's going to have to battle with. And during this fight, but will he, will Casey Kenny be able to adjust to the footwork, the way that the angles come, the way the, the, the punches come from different angles. Will he be able to adjust to that? Will, when he starts getting tagged, Will that start to play with his mental? Like, oh shit, I'm getting hit by this older guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, will, I, will he be able to adjust? I'm getting hit. I'm supposed to be the one dominating this fight. Those are all things that play into a young fighter's minds. Whereas with Dom, he's been through it. He's been dropped. He's got back up. He's put on. He's continued to fight. Like those are all things in his mind. These are all the same things that everyone was saying before Cody Garbrandt fought him. I don't, yeah, and maybe. Cody Cody Garbrandt was a younger fighter. Than Casey Kenny. Okay. Casey Casey Kenny is going to be just fine. He's been in those fights now. He understands exactly what he needs to do. I'm not saying that, oh, he's a sure thing to win this fight. He's not. He's fighting a great fighter and a guy that is a seasoned veteran and one of the smartest fighters out there. But when you're looking at what happens when a fighter is starting to come to the end of their career, Josh, you you walked in those shoes. Mm-hmm you know it's a different game. And when you're facing a guy who is just way faster, you've got to create certain things to take away that speed. Can Dominic do that? Yes, there's a possibility, but it ain't going to be easy against Casey. Well, Kenny. devil's advocate that, <clears throat> to that is that Cody Garbrandt had already got ready for Dominic Cruz probably seven or eight times because of his teammates getting ready for him. <laughs> so he knew exactly how Cody was going to, I mean, how Dom was going to fight. So to say, like, in, if you want to put that every, in every Everyone knows no. exactly how Dom is going to fight. You're right. No. You're, you're, okay, but you're right. But then they have helped train and they even brought in people to help train that, that direction for them. And then plus they'd also fought uh, TJ. And so, like, there was already, like, they had already done the legwork for a guy like Dom, you know? And so, that to say, Casey Kennedy's never fought anyone like Dom. Never. And will it throw him off? 
We're going to find out. But I mean, yeah, I, we will. I'm going to go with the old dog, the old lion. All right, I'm, you I'm go going with, the, with old, the old lion. You go with the old lion. That's what I love about you. John, did you see? I'm, go, I'm going to go with the guy that's going to win the fight. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you cut me deep, Shrek. You cut me real deep. Uh, uh, John, did you see in Dom's media um, interview today that he said he had requested with the commission that um, what's his, who's that referee? Doesn't. Uh, Keith Peterson? Yeah, Keith Peterson. Peterson doesn't get to ref his fight this weekend. Yeah. And so the. He said the commission get to they get to decide on it, but there's no guarantee that they won't put him in. Well, uh, what he's get, what he can make that request, but he's got to have some validity to why he's making the request. You can sit there and say, "I don't like him." Now, John Jones did the same thing with me. John Jones said, "Ah, we we don't we don't have good energy." I don't I don't remember ever having energy with John. Okay, so it wasn't a good reason. You know, John can sit there and say, well, I, you know, I, I would rather have Herb Dean because I think he likes me more. Whatever. That doesn't mean that the commission is going to go with it. If you have something that you can sit there and say, you can go back to, you know, Brock Lesnar did not like Steve Mazzagatti. Okay. And he had the experience where Frank Mir was his first fight in the UFC and Steve stopped it took points away from him and with that brock said you know i don't ever want that guy refing me again and the commission went with it based upon they looked and said all right it could have been handled a little bit different but what dom is talking about is the stoppage of a fight a stoppage of a fight that he was getting he was getting handled all right henry cejudo was lighting him up and he can sit there and say whatever he wants when when the referee takes that attacker away from you yeah, it doesn't take many seconds for you to, to regain your ability to start to think because no one's been hitting you for the last couple of seconds. So Dom can say what he wants. He can believe that, you know, he's made a bad call on that fight. I don't think he did. Now, could he have let it go longer? Yeah, he could have let it go longer, but he's the one in there seeing what response Dom is giving, and he knows what he's saying to him. So I have no problem with what Keith Peterson did. I will tell you that what Dominic Cruz did afterwards was classless. It's weak. It's what excuse makers do to sit there and say, oh, he smelled like alcohol and cigarettes. Come on, man. That, that's, that is weak. You know, if you're going to be a competitor, there's times when things aren't going to go your way. <clears throat> All right. If you don't like the guy. That's okay. But don't start throwing things out there just because you're, you're trying to create something. That's just the way I look at it. The commission probably will not put Keith Peterson on that fight just because it's not like it's a special fight or anything like that. But they're not going to not do it because Dominic Cruz is asking them. You got to present some sort of major true, reason on why. True reason. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I asked for her. I asked not to have Herb Dean a couple of times, and they just they gave it to me anyways. I was screwed. No, I'm just yeah, no, that, that's the, I'm that's the way it is. I never well, cared. The, the, the problem the problem is is there's always going to be personalities and someone saying, "Oh, this guy doesn't like me" or things like that. When it's just a perception, it has nothing to do with reality. Now, if the commission was always following what request fighters make, they'd be freaking going crazy because sometimes fighters make really ridiculous requests. Yeah. So you, if there's a real reason, they'll they'll look into it and then they'll decide, okay, that's valid. We're going to keep that guy away from that fight. If yeah. it's not valid, 
they'll put the guy in if they want or they'll keep him out because they say it doesn't matter to us. Well, like I like Beltran for the energy that he presents and him and I have, a, you know, we're friends. But then um, in, in terms of like people that I was in the cage, I felt like with the most that I communicated with um, was uh, Herzog, was Jason Herzog. He seemed like when when I got kicked in the groin a couple times in, in a couple of the fights and then it's like I poked. He yeah, handled... Jason will actually reach down there and fondle him for you. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. I can just tell someone's getting a little jealous right now. He's getting a little salty. Uh, no, I'm not, definitely not get, jealous of any a, of those situations. Getting, getting a little salty, uh, a little jealous I, of Jason I love, Herzog. I love Jason Herzog. He is as good a person as you will find. Jason Great would, guy. When Jason would, like, when, you know, during, during, when you hit in the growing or you get eye poked, you know, you, you turn your back, you walk away from the situation, and he would grab you and be like, hey, like he would talk to you in a way that was like, hey, you have a second or two. Let's let's talk real quick, you know, and it was more of like you how you say you would talk to the fighters to give them a second to figure out what's going on. OK, I just got hit in the yeah. growing. Give me a sec. Okay, or I got poked in the eye. It's a little blurry, but I need time to talk. But I don't want to I need time to, to get my vision back. But I don't want to say I can't see. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, you want to give them a second to focus. OK, look, we're in the middle of an exchange. I got poked in the eye. Okay, let me get my wits back about me before I go talking to you and saying something stupid that get me out of this fight. There's a lot going on because, you know, first thing people say is like, I can't see right now. And if you say that, it's like, oh, shit, you just put your foot in your mouth. And so you've got to be very careful what you say to the ref before the ref pulls in the dock and the dock says, okay, what happened? Oh, he said he can't see. Well, fight's done. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think there's more to it than that. But with Herzog, I always felt like there was some sort of that communication. The other one that I always kind of enjoyed and I got along with uh, Josh Rosenthal. Yeah. You know, he good, wasn't bad. Good guy. Yeah. A very raspy voice. But <laughs> he reminds me a little bit of Keith Peterson's voice a little bit. Uh, they little kinda, bit. Yeah. They kind of had like similar, you know, that, that little bit of that raspy voice. But uh, but yeah, Josh was one of those guys, too, that I knew from training as well. Like, I, you know, on the jujitsu mats and stuff. But a yep. uh, great guy. Nice guy. But very like, you know, communicated with you. Hey, give you a second. I understand it was it was a bad shot. Okay, give you a little bit here, give you a little bit there. It was a conversation and a talk before, like, make a decision, that kind of thing. So I like that. I like that. Those are the three that I remember the most interacting with and having conversations with. Yeah, and then everything that they're doing is for a reason. They're, they're buying time. A lot of times, you know, you're sitting there, I, I'm okay. And they're going, yeah, just take a second, you know, yeah. and they're just, they're actually saying, I'm not going to start the fight right now. I want you to gain more time. I used to do it all the time with eye pokes and things like that. And I would, you know, there was the one John Dodson was fighting uh, Demetrius um, Johnson. And, you know, Dodson gets poked and he's trying to rub out his eye. And I said, hey, just take your time. It's going to be all right. He goes, I'm good and ready to go. And I said, no, nah, just take your time. He says, I'm good. And I said, all right, can you see, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I can see. I said, am, am I ugly? He goes, no. I said, then you can't see. We're going <laughs> to take it. some more time. Yeah. Right? And he laughs. And said, but my whole reason for doing that is not to create jokes. Right? It's to, I'm buying time. I'm making him take more time. Yeah. Because I don't want him to be put back in a fight when he is in any way, you know, a little bit altered from something that was an illegal action. And that's what they're doing with you. And that's the right thing for them yeah. to do. I just like the communication aspect of how they yeah. handled it. And it was very, it was done very nicely and professionally, you know, and uh, it makes it easier when you're in the middle of a heated battle and you have a ref yanking on you and pulling on you or telling, you know, trying to like dis almost feel like you're being disciplined by your parents sometimes in the corner. You're like, 
You're like, dude, I'm in the middle of a fight. I got to deal with your ass and this dude over here. Come on. You know, like you don't want that feeling. And you so, only said that to me three times. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, gosh. <laughs> so, uh, but let's get on to the, the rest of the car. So, uh, Tiago Santos and Alexander Rakic. What do you think? I, man, you know, with, I hope that uh, Tiago learns something from his fight with Glover. Because he's got the power to put anybody away, but he's got to be in control and he can't, you know, if, you, if he hurts, you know, Alexander, he's, he's going to go after him, but go after him in a smart manner. Don't lose your mind. Don't blow your wad on it. And I think he can get the win. He's, he's, he's super fast and super explosive in the beginning of a fight. As the fight goes on, it's going to lean towards Alexander. I believe it's just the way that, uh, Santos is put together as far as He's a fast twitch muscle fiber athlete, but he tends to, if someone is pressuring him, that pressure can wear him down a little bit. But I, I will say, you know, he went the five rounds with Jones and he looked good in it, even with bad knees. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, he could be just a different fighter. I, I think that the knee thing with Glover might've been, you know, just a little bit of anxiety and a little bit of in the back of his mind, are my knees going to be okay? That doesn't help you. He knows that that's past him. And I think that's going to be a good thing for him in this fight. Well, not even just the knee thing coming back after an injury, but what it is is that you're, and I went through this with uh, with Gilbert Melendez, the second fight. I had went through an 18, 16 to 18 month layoff and I was, I was the champ at the time and I was like coming back to fight Gil. Him and I were supposed to fight two times. He's coming off of a good performance with bum knees against John Jones, who is yeah. the longest standing champion at that division and phenomenal fighter. And he's thinking to himself, I'm one fight away from fighting for the title if I get back in there. Adrenaline dump. That's yeah. all I can say. I just fought John Jones. Now I'm going to fight this 40-year-old. No way I'm going to knock this guy out. Exhausted. It, I, I would imagine he came back, rushed back. That adrenaline dump happened, and he just wasn't the same guy as, as the fight went on. And, and Glover just tore him up. You know what I mean? So then it went from that, and that, that's exactly how I felt. Like It was that feeling. of I've seen he was so amped up to get back. He was ready. I just, I just went five rounds with John Jones. Not many people can say they did that. And with messed up knees, you know, and then now I'm back. I'm healed. I'm ready to go. Exhausted. At the end of the first round, exhausted. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh. Just, oh. just like, man, what do you do? I think now he's probably like, okay, look, I've got two losses now, back to back. Probably never. Can you scroll down? Has he ever experienced that? Two losses in a row, back to back? Yeah, there you go. So he's so having two losses. He lost to Gaygard and he lost to oh, Eric yeah. Spicely. Man, I, I did that Eric Spicely fight, and I was like, I'm like, I was shocked and shocked that he was fighting the way he was. Yeah, because you know Eric Spicely is a really good grappler, but he's one dimensional. And, and Santos was trying to knock him out so hard, he just kept on coming into him, giving him the takedowns. And you look and you go, what are you doing? He finally got he got submitted with it. Yeah. So. But I mean, my point is that when I get back to it, is that he just he just over it, he over he used too much energy, got exhausted, ended up getting, you know, and losing the fight and then going from there. So now he I think now he's gonna be composed, he's gonna be ready for this fight coming up. And but Rats is good, man. He's good. Yeah. We're gonna see. This is what I'm excited for this card. The whole card from top to bottom is gonna be good. But we had talked about this last week about how some sometimes a card eh, doesn't look that good, yeah. and it's like, eh, and they all end up being a great card. 
Yeah. Now this card looks stacked, and I'm like hoping it all lives up to it. Now it's got to. There's too many good matchups in this. You're looking at, you know, the next one, Islam against Drew Dober. That's a good matchup as far as Drew Dober has been fighting way better in his last couple fights than he had. And now he is taking a big step up against Islam. This is a big fight, you know, and you can, I mean, what was DC saying about Islam just earlier this week? You know, he was going all crazy about him, you know, knew how good he was, could see the kid was going to be like Khabib. Yeah, he said you could see that kid was going to be like Khabib with a little tighter stand-up today. Khabib will will tell you he'll stand and strike with whoever he wants to. Islam Makachev seemed a little more ready to go. Islam, and I, I don't know if you guys recall, it was a little while back, I think when he was supposed to fight Dos Santos, I, or Dos Santos, Dos Anos, is I had this conversation with you guys on this show, and I said, look, if I was to put the two of them in the cage together, Khabib and Islam, I would give the edge to Khabib, but only based off of mindset, not off of ability. When it comes down to it, Islam is the better wrestler. Islam's the better Samo guy. Islam's got better foot sweeps. Islam is a better striker. Islam to me and better and to me, I feel like also better submissions. But what Khabib has is the mindset and the big brother. That's what he has. And that goes a long way when you have two guys that grew up together. I believe they've been they've grown up together since they were three years old. I heard three, six, somewhere in there. I've, I've heard it from a couple of different people. It, Khabib has said three to me. So at three years old, they've been friends and they've been best friends. They're like they're the closest of all of them. And so when you have this conversation, when we were having these conversations about him, he is better than Khabib and everywhere. But when it comes to Khabib, he's got the big brother on him. Khabib's got the big brother on him. But that's it though. Like, and I wouldn't even say it's a big brother. They work so well together. They there's such a mutual respect. When it, when we talk about Americans having the big brother on you, one bullies the other. That's not how it works with these guys. It's they do whatever it takes to make the other one better. To bring him they, up. Yes, they take yeah. like they work on whatever the game plan is. Khabib would do that for Islam when it comes fight time. Whatever the game plan was for Khabib to beat Connor, Islam would do that for Khabib. It was never a, I'm going to get you, I'm going to big brother. And it was never that, you know, and um, it happened all the time in the gym at AK for us. Like it was like, if it was somebody sparring, it was the other person trying to big brother them a little bit. But in this group of guys, it just didn't happen. It never, it never really happens. And then some days they'll spar little gloves. No egos got involved, you know, and they would touch each other a little hard, you know, but then they never wanted to, they always wanted to make sure that the, whoever was fighting got to the fight. It didn't get to the point where it was like, no, I'm going to show you. I'm going to one-up you. No, the most important thing is, is you getting into the fight and you winning. And so when we talk about his abilities, and I've said this forever, his grappling, his jujitsu is absolutely insane. He's better than all the other Russians that we've ever had come through that door in jujitsu. Better. His submission game is phenomenal. He'll t he can submit you from anywhere. I mean, I've seen him hit and I've been, he's caught me as well in the twister two or three times. And it's like to, to catch my little scrawny, scrolly ass all around that mat. He's phenomenal. And not just because he's strong, he gets there technically, you know, and not just me, he's tapped a ton of other good guys that are black belts in our gym that have come through in twisters. And just in terms of like, hey, let me show you what I can do. Something new to him. He just can't. And what people don't get, and I've said this with Khabib forever is that their bottom game and their sweep game is better than their top game. 
That's how good they are. And when they're like, oh, yeah, well, if they're on bottom, they're going to get on top as soon as they get on bottom. That's how good they are. All of them, you know, but mainly Islam and mainly Khabib. People don't realize how good their sweeps are from the bottom. From Even from mount position, they find ways to get their sweeps. Even from, you know, from the full guard, they will put themselves in position to get their sweeps. That's how good they are. And for me, Islam is the guy who is going to take over that division in the in the lightweight division at the UFC. Now, don't get me wrong. Dober's, Dober's dangerous, John. You know that. <laughs> he's dangerous yeah. on the feet. I think he's dangerous on the feet. His movement's going to play a little bit of a threat. You know, he's going to slip and counter if he does that. But how is he going to dam- how is he going to handle a southpaw? And the one thing that Islam Makachev does very well is he hides that head kick from that side behind his punches. And I've been on the receiving end of it, and he hides it very well. And it's nasty because it doesn't look like he's going to throw a head kick until it's already there. And then as well as he throws a good body kick, which he got from Luke. So the way he steps off on his right hook and throws that rear body kick to the body is nasty good. So, and then, I mean, there's just no way that Dober's taking him down. There's just no way. No. And if he tries to I don't think he's going to try. Yeah, even if he tried, it's not good for him. But look, this is a fight. And you know this is a fight. Anything can happen. And Islam, Islam has been caught and clipped, and that's his one loss, you know. But I don't think that Islam has taken any of this um, for granted, and I think that he's going to make sure that everything stays on point. He's gotten way better in the last year than most people realize, and I'm excited to see what happens and how and how he performs because he has he has had some time off. He's had the Dos Anjos fights that's supposed to happen. A lot of time off. Yeah, so he's had some time off. Is there green rust going to happen? Are we going to see any of that? But I doubt it. He's been training. These guys never stop training. You can't, I can't tell you. These guys never stop training ever, you know? Um, And so they're, they're, they're constantly training. You know, they're up early to pray. They're go to bed, you know, in the evening to pray. Like they, they're up on a schedule. They're on a schedule. Their praying schedule dictates when they can train, you know, and then they, they make sure that in between praying schedules that they can, that they can train and they train hard. They, and, not only do they train hard, when they can't train hard, they train consistently. They they push each other back and forth, but they make sure that no one gets injured. John, he's good. Well, can, can, no he live, can he live up to it? I don't know. That's the question. It's, you know, it comes down to the same thing. Pressure. It either crushes you or creates diamonds. We'll see which one. Well, I mean, you have you been have you refed his fights? Any of his fights? No, I've never. I've I've been there for his fights. I've never refed one of them. He's his control, like when you watch the lens fight, his control is just, is frustrating. It's like, ah, it's a little bit like Khabib, but he's longer. He'll threaten the submissions a little bit more. Um, He doesn't talk like, you know, when he's sparring with you. I mean, he'll grab, when he grapples with me, he'll talk, you know, but. Then he's sparring, definitely not like Khabib because no. all Khabib does is talk. Yeah. I, they're different in personality. Islam's a little quieter, but he's good, good kid. Very good kid. I just. I don't see how he loses the fight outside of getting clipped. Otherwise, his stand-up is phenomenal as well. It's going to be good. What do you think? Give me, come on. You got to give me more on this. Come on. I just <laughs> I just spent four minutes pumping up my boy. No, give me the devil's a, advocate version of this. Come on. I, I can't because I think <sighs> Islam is just a better overall fighter than Drew Dober. And I, I really like Drew. He's, he's fun to watch. He's good. But he's not the fighter that Islam is. Yeah. He just doesn't have the full game. He's going to live he, his his ground game's gotten a lot better. It's not up to 
the Islam's ground game. And so you look, you go, what's his, where's his area to win? Well, his best area to win is going to be, you know, in the standup and clipping him and he can hurt him and anybody can get hurt. So that's there, but you look at the reality of it. He's the, he's the definite underdog in this fight. Yeah. And there's a reason why, you know, Islam Makhachev is good everywhere. And when you got a guy that can go anywhere in the fight, it makes him dangerous. Yeah. So yeah, I would say he's definitely the favorite. I think he's going to win the fight, but the, the real question is, you know, he has had a long layoff. Yeah. You know, there's been time that, you know, he's been out of the, out of the cage. And so how is he going to perform? I think he'll perform great. Just part of who he is. I want to know, because I think he's a two or three time world Sambo champion. I want to know if he believes in himself. That's what I want to see. Because like you watch his fight against, um, uh, who was the big guy? Uh, Gleason Tebow. You watch his fight against Gleason. Like he was almost shocked that he was able to knock him out. And I'm like, man, you're so good. You shouldn't be that surprised. He was like almost extremely surprised. He's like, oh my God, he didn't know what to do. I'm like, you're really good. I don't think he realizes how good he is if he believes in himself that he is that good. I mean, and not to mention how damn strong he is. If you look at guys like Deron Wynn who are just a little fireball, right? Just but <laughs> Fire he, I mean, Yeah, he's, and when you talk to Deron, Deron's like he's the hands down, the strongest guy I've ever wrestled with and ever grappled with. And I'm like, really, Duran? Like, Duran, you've wrestled with a lot of guys. He's like, no, hands down, strongest guy I've ever, strongest guy. And I'm like, I can see that because he's strong. Khabib is blankety, whereas Islam is strong. Like, Khabib puts the weight and the pressure on you, where Islam grabs your wrist and you ain't moving it. It's just like, I got you. I, it just reminds me of. Uh, when Rocky tries to hit Drago's gloves down <laughs> and it like doesn't, doesn't move and you're all, yep. ah, okay, this is how it's going to go, huh? All right. Does he it. say that though? What? Does he? <laughs> I must break you. Yeah, you're dead. <laughs> I must <laughs> break you. Oh, man. He's great, man. But yeah. he, he's a really good kid, He's you know, and a uh, great personality. Just absolutely phenomenal young man. Uh, wish him the best. You know, one of my teammates, and I uh, wish him the best. What other what other fights are on this card? Peter Yawn against oh, Aljo Aljamain Sterling. Kind of talked about this one before. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go deep into it. This is a great matchup. You know, Aljamain is super athletic, good on the ground. His wrestling is good. His submission game is fantastic. Uh, he has got he's got all the ability in the world, but. I do believe he's facing a guy that he's not giving enough credit to. He's sitting there saying, oh, he's fought a bunch of old men. You're making a huge mistake by believing that. Peter Yan has fought studs. He has fought a load of studs. Where he came from is uh, just a killer's row of competition. You can look at, you know, Magomed Magomedov, who is now fighting in Bellator. Is he a good fighter? He's got one loss. It's to Peter Yawn. All right. Man, the guy has fought great competition. And so I hope that Aljo understands how good Peter Yawn is. His wrestling is good. His stand-up is nasty. And he even's got it. He even has, you know, although he's only got one submission, I know. But you'll if you're in there, you'll see him going for submissions at times. He'll put the pressure and make you defend so he can then. Go to what he wants, which he likes to, you know, just 
punch a hole in your head, which he's very good at. John, Aljo's mistake is going to be to underestimate him. He's oh, going to take if he does. He's going to think that nothing he Peter Yan does is spectacular. But I can tell you what he does that's spectacular is his foot sweeps inside the clinch and his ground up pound is nasty. Just nasty. The fight changed when he took Jose Aldo to the ground and he was able to get on top of him. That's when the fight fully changed. The direction of the fight completely changed. Jose Aldo had no answer for the amount of heavy, heavy shots that Peter Yawn landed on him. And so that ha- I'm just that cannot happen with Aljo. If he lets him on top of him, it's done. Lights out, it's over. I'm, I'm just saying he's going to take a lot of damage. He's going to get beat to a pulp. And the fight's just going to take a turn for the worse if he's on bottom at all. I just the 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 ability of Peter Yawn to to make sure he's never really in submission uh, danger is is insane. And then on top of that, the way he does his ground and pound to make sure he's not in danger, he just lights you up even more. He's got heavy, heavy hands, and the way he stops your takedowns on him is he gets you to the clinch and he foot sweeps you, so it breaks your balance. So you have no balance to get in on him to take him down. You know, and if you're going to tell me that uh, Aljo's a better wrestler than Magomed Magomedov. And he had a hard time taking Peter Yan down. And when he did take him down, he had a hard time holding him down. Yep. John, didn't you ref that fight? The second one? I, I did. Okay. So it, not, that's why I know how good this yeah. guy is. Yeah, he's good. Um, the competition that he's fought is outstanding and he is outstanding. So uh, it's... I'm not saying that Aljo can't win, and I do believe that if Aljo's going to win, it's going to come in that first round when Peter Yawn is dry and he, if he can catch hold of something, there's a possibility he could get that submission. You know, the same as what he did with, you know, Corey Sanhagen. You know, that was a very impressive win. And how he came out and just, you know, handled a very, very good fighter the way he did, it just shows how good Aljamain is. But... He's facing the champ, and the champ is real. I'm just flat out saying it. The guy's real. Well, you have Aljo, who's explosive. He's fast. Use his athleticism to to get in there right off the bat. Mm-hmm. It all depends on how Peter Yon handles that, which I think he's going to handle it just fine. And if he can get through that first round of the explosiveness and the attacks and all the other things that come from Aljo, it's just going to be, for me, I feel, and I'm not trying to count Aljo necessarily out, but I just think it's going to slowly trickle down after that. In the- it can yeah, yeah. It, it it can definitely be where it starts to be this long run just downhill where nothing is just catching for you or you know it could be that it's that matchup where it's fairly even as far as they're both getting their licks in and the damage creates the situation where someone gets an, an advantage but i look and say this is as good a fight in the bantams as you're going to find you know, it is the definite, you know, it's the champ against their number one, and it's the way it should be. Yeah. I'm excited for that fight. To me, that's the fight that oh, I wanted to see. That's that's the one I want to see over all of them. Yeah, that's the that one I want to see over all of them. Uh, and Islam, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. Is it Megan uh, or is it Megan? Uh, I think it's Megan Anderson is the actual way, but okay. she goes, she'll go with Megan. She's She's a, she's a she's a great girl, yeah. But I just don't see her route to victory in this fight. I'm sorry. You know, I think she's just fighting someone at this point that is 
at the top of her game and just has just has the better tool set. You know, you just look at everywhere that the fight can be. Amanda Nunez is better. Amanda Nunez is a mom now. Congratulations, yeah. Amanda. But it will change your perspective on life. It can. And it will change your training routine. It can. It, can, it definitely can. <laughs> so will we see the same Amanda Nunez? That's the question. I look and say, until I see a different one, yeah, I'm going to go with what I, what I know. Yeah, she's. Uh, you know, I've known Amanda for a long time, and you know, I did her, some of her first fights, and she's, you know, she's come so far, but she was always super athletic and super explosive. It was just a matter of she needed to take all of that talent and hone it and sand it down and smooth it out and make it flow, because it, it came in such crazy spurts at times that she was out of control she's not out of control anymore she's she is totally in control from the moment they start the fight and that's what makes her so scary she knows exactly what she can do and how to do it now and she's got that same athletic ability she still has fast hands she's still got a great ground game you know and she takes the fight where she believes she has the best opportunity of winning. She doesn't sit there and play that, oh, I've got to knock you out. She doesn't care. She's like, oh, you have the ability to hurt me in the stand-up. Whoop, here you go. We're going down. And you're going to fight on the ground the way I want it to be. Yeah. That, that just, that's why she's the champ. Is this division gone after this fight? I think so. Yeah. I, they just don't have anybody to, you know, to really you know, compete against her. And, you know, and I was talking to you know some people that are, uh, you know, with the UFC, and, and they were saying that you know, she really likes the 145 pound yeah. division. She likes the the weight. She, she likes that she doesn't have to cut down and diet the same way, and she feels more comfortable there. So, if they do keep it, it's because they love their champ, and they want to make her happy. But uh, it's going to be tough because there's just not that top quality of competition, especially right now in their ranks that they can bring into, you know, fighter at 145. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not trying to hate. I'm just gonna play devil's advocate. She doesn't sell pay per views. She's good. She I think she's has the potential to be the greatest female fighter of all time. But when you're trying to hold two divisions up as a promotion and as a promoter, I'm not trying to hold those two up. I, you got to get rid of one. There's they got four or five fighters that really can maybe give her a little bit of a go, but that's it. And they've already, she's already ran through them. She's already ran through them. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. but I'm saying that Felicia Spencer, she's still young. She still has room to grow. But I don't think she's gonna. Sure. She's not gonna beat Amanda Nunes, you no. know, and not anytime soon, you know. And then and <laughs> they, you know, and anybody else that's in that in that bracket, there's only one other fight for them to make, and then she's in Bellator now. That's it. Those are the only two yep. that should be fighting each other. You know, yep. um, I'd love to see that fight happen again, you know, in a cross promotion. If you're going to cross promote something, it'd be that one. Like, because right now, both of us, whether it's Bellator, whether it's the UFC, that 145 pound division, nobody really wants to see them fight anybody else but each other. That's it. Like, that's, the, just, that's the fight that everybody would want to see. Do the world a favor. Just put that fight on. Okay? Don't, <laughs> don't match anybody else up. Just those two. Let them fight. And if, if let's just say Chris wins, cool, we get to see a third one. Awesome. <laughs> you yeah, know, there you go. Make Amanda happy because she can stay at 45 for a couple more fights. Anyways, 
that that to me is I think with Megan Anderson, she's tough, she's good, but it's it, it's a tough task, man. Amanda News is so good. But yeah. what will she, will she be will Amanda News be the same fighter going back down to 35? That's the real question because she hasn't been at 35 for quite a while now. Yeah. It's been uh, I think what Holly Holmes was her last one at 35 and that was back in 2019. So been a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see the Jermaine Duran me fight again. I know they fought twice, but I'd like to see them fight again. Was the was the Jer- I think that was the Jermaine fight at 145 145. Or 135? It was at 145, I believe, yeah. Yeah, I would I would like to see that fight again. That was a good fight. There was moments there where Jermaine could have could have gotten it and she just wasn't able to muster it up a little bit. But it was a good fight. You just got to pull the trigger more. I think if she would have pulled the trigger more, she would have had more success. Good fight, yeah, though. Smart fight by Amanda, man. 100%. Why, why am I going to stand here with her? She's yeah. got a chance of beating me this way. I'm going to put her where she doesn't have a chance. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Smart. Um, Obviously, let's go right from there to the main event. Oh. All right. So tell me who you got. You know, honestly, up until this week, I had Izzy. You are the biggest flopper. I am. You do this every time. I do. You second guess me. I do. I second guess myself. I second guess myself. Ah, so funny. I think Izzy speed's going to be a factor. I think all those things are going to be a factor. But I think that Yawn, now that Izzy has said he's going to come in 190-something, you know, ah, it gives me a little bit of a concern. I think the speed will still be there. I'm glad he I'm glad he didn't put the extra weight on that he thought he was going to need. I'm glad. I'm I'm. Smart not to. It's smart not to do that and try and rush it and do all. I'm, I'm glad he did that. I'm glad he's doing But I just think in the exchanges, if Yon, with the amount of power that Yon has, I think he only needs to touch him once or twice. Whereas Izzy's got to keep this thing on the distance for five rounds. He's got to he's got to keep that distance. He's got. I think he has an opportunity to chew up the legs. I think oh, if yeah. he chews up the legs, I think it opens up. It makes it a lot easier fight for Izzy. But can he do it? Will Yawn check? Will the calf kick play a factor? Because it's the the ultimate calf kick fighting championships now. So is really what we're calling it. Um, you know, and it's like we've said I've said this forever. Right when I saw Mazadal throwing it, and who else? One of the first guys. Uh, when I saw the the what's it called Justin Wilcox when he got kicked the crap by what's his name in Bellator. The Pena. Yeah, it just let me know that that was the kick that was going to change this changing the game. You know, and you've seen it with other fighters as well. But I mean, it's it's really changed. And if is if Izzy starts throwing that early and often, by the third and fourth round, I don't know if Yon's gonna be the same fighter. But I'm gonna go with Yon because if Yon can get him after, I get after him in the first three rounds, he's got a chance of touching his chin. If he does touch his chin, we haven't seen Izzy take clean, hard shots by a big guy. I think that's that is the recipe for disaster. What's that? Yawn trying to touch his chin. Yeah. And and with this, this is what I mean. If you're, if you're taking a look at Izzy and you're going to say, all right, what's the best route to victory against this guy? Well, it's pretty simple. Take him to the ground and do work on him on the ground, but nobody's really been able to do that. So it's obviously not an easy thing. I think he's got an 86% takedown defense when it comes to takedowns and stuff. It's pretty damn good. And even when they have gotten him down, he has gotten back to his feet. So 
you look at Jan Blahovich, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He is a good ground fighter. He's got a good submission game. And I'm sure that his team is looking, saying, oh, we want to take him to the ground. And I'm sure that he's going to look for those takedown opportunities. I don't think that they're going to come. I don't think that they're going to be there that easily for him. And it's not like Jan Blahovich is the best wrestler in the world that is, you know, going in the cage with Izzy. So where I do see the ability for Jan Blahovich to take advantage of his size and strength is do not be the headhunter against Israel Adesanya. If you try to be the headhunter, you try to knock his head into the second row, he's going to pull back. He does that all the time. He does his little step and lean, lean back, and he's going to counter-strike you, and he's going to eat you up. So instead of going for his head, when he leans back, you can throw you can throw the feint towards him. You can even throw the punch towards him. But you're in your head, you know that you're following up and you're going to rip at his body. His body is there. He leans so far back at times. His legs are forward. His body is forward and his head's way back. You can hit him to the body. So if you're Jan Blahovich and you decide, all right, I'm not going to sit here and try to do what everyone has tried to do. Everyone's trying to knock this guy's head into the second row and they're not being too successful with it. Let me figure out a way to make it to where he doesn't want to lean back so much. And so go after his body. I think that if Jan Blahovich decides I'm going to go and I'm going to try to put pressure on him, I've got to make it. I know he's going to move on me, but when I decide to throw, I will always be ending everything that I'm doing, going to his body, he's got a chance of winning the fight. If he tries to headhunt Israel Adesanya for that big knockout, Israel Adesanya is going to piece him up. I can, I can see where you're going with this. I guess this is why we want to watch the fight. It really comes yeah, down to... Exactly. To me, Yawn can press him to the fence, put his body on him, but then he doesn't want to be in the knee in the clinch area either with the knees and the elbows. That's a dangerous area for him because Izzy's better in that area. But the weight of Yawn poses some threats to him knowing that he's going to probably come into the fight 225. You know, I mean, somewhere in there. Maybe 230, but I doubt it. I feel like around 225. Yeah, 225. 225 is what Yawn will come in at. And whereas Izzy's going to come in at 193, 196, whatever it is he said he was going to weigh. You know, 90, let's just say 98. That's still a lot of weight to have to carry on somebody else. And as well as if Jan gets one takedown, it will change the dynamic of the fight. When Izzy gets back up, he will not be the same striker he was when he got before he got taken down. He'll be diminished. It, he'll be diminished a little bit. And it, as one takedown happens, another one tends to happen. And a third one tends to happen. And as a, in a five-round fight, it starts posing some threats. The other thing as well is we've never really seen Izzy take clean, hard shots from a bigger person or someone equally as his size. Give me somebody who he's taken shots from that's equally his size. Oh, I've seen him take big shots from guys. But who though? But the but the guy yeah. and part of it, part of it is you know in watching when I refereed him in Glory, it was fighters that went to his body that tended to do the best against him. I still think I did a championship fight that he had. In glory, I thought he won the fight, but they gave it to the other fighter. But that fighter went to his body and went to his body often. That's the key to victory over Israel Adesanya. Don't try to headhunt him. 
go to what he cannot move that quick. He can't move his body out of the way. Take those shots, make it to where he pays and the, and everything will slow down and he will become an average fighter. Well, let's talk about Izzy where he said that since he is kind of keeping his weight in check, that there's no way he's going to stay at 205. He's going to go down to 85. So what do you do now that you just won the title? Well, if he wins it, that's a, you know, that's the UFC's, you know, deal. And it, it is it is a problem in the fact that if he does win that and then goes right back down, you just kind of deflated your already deflated light heavyweight division. Yeah. yeah. And it, it is a problem. It's a problem to look at. But, you know, if you're I love the fact that they're making the fight because it's a fight that it's it's got it's got viable aspects to everything. First yeah. off, is Israel has gone through just about everybody in the 185 pound class. All right, there's only a couple of guys that he hasn't fought that you could say, oh, he deserves a title shot or he could get a title shot. So he's gone through the basic, you know, the filet mignon of that division. He's he's already faced. Where Jan, you take a look. He he just wins the title. A very good performance against Reyes. But he doesn't have a whole lot of, you know, heat behind him. Man, if he can get a win over Israel Adesanya, it bumps him up. It bumps him way up, even though Israel Adesanya is coming from the middleweight division. So I can see why they look at it and they go, yeah, you know, this is a, this is a fight that it's a win-win for us. In a way, I think it's only a win if Lahovich wins the fight for the UFC. If Israel wins the fight, it only makes him as an individual fighter more intriguing, bigger, bolder, brighter, but it doesn't help the UFC as far as their divisions. Yeah, I, I'm going to look at it both ways. Like you said, I think it deflates that division that is already kind of deflated now that John Jones is left and they really have no one that's rising to the top in the 205-pound division. If Izzy loses, though, you just lost your star at 185, and who's going to come in and be your star now? Like, he, he was the guy that breakdances his way out to the ring or to the cage. He's the guy that brought the energy, the whole machine gun Kelly type thing in the middle after he beat you. To me, that was phenomenal. That's something you can mark. He's undefeated right oh, now. Yeah. But let me just let me add this last little bit. What happens if he gets knocked out and knocked out badly? He goes down to 185. He will not be the same fighter. Like, now you've just... you. That's what scares me the most. You have somebody that is extremely marketable. And I, I like the fact that he's going up and challenging himself. But in my mind, I think also, if you get clipped and you get knocked out bad and you end up going back down to 85, those guys, it's going to be murderer's row coming after you after that. And the fight that he wants after that, he's like, I want Darren Till to keep winning because he came out and did this uh, yeah. interview saying how he wants to fight Darren Till. He just needs Darren Till to keep winning, though. And, uh, you know, and he wanted, uh, what did he, who else did he want? He wanted uh, Jared Cannonier as well. And then Jared lost his last fight as well. But there's guys in there that he wants to fight, but no one motivates him more than, than Darren Till. I get it. It's a stand-up fight. It's a, and it's, it makes for fun. It makes for a good fight. It makes for a fun fight. But will you be the same guy if you lose? And if you lose badly, will your chin still be there? And I think he will. He's still, he's still young in terms of, you know, hasn't been he's been knocked out one time before i believe in glory was it in glory yeah he, he got, got knocked out yeah, by he, alex Perea. he got knocked out but then like that was his one 
one time he got knocked out, but I mean, he's undefeated in MMA. He's been sparring. He's been fighting guys with small little tiny gloves on, you know? So I, I just, I get nervous in these type of situations where you have a guy who's so marketable and I love the way he, he carries himself on social media. He loves to talk shit in a very nice way. <laughs> love that. Uh, see, see, I look, I look at it completely. Anybody can get knocked out. Yeah. I look at it. The UFC is sitting in a very advantageous position that they have a guy who is exactly what you're saying. He's so marketable. He's got that, that it factor and they don't have to hide him from anybody. Yeah. They don't have to sit there and go, that's a bad matchup for him. Let's try to move this around. They can put him against anyone. That's a great position to be in. Can he lose? Of course, anybody can lose, but right now he's got a big old, O. Yeah. where that loss column is in MMA 20 and 0, and he has been fantastic in all of them. Yeah. I think they obviously have a star in Israel Adesanya and in putting him in this fight. I, I think the odds are going to show that he's the favorite and he's the favorite because this is going to end up being a stand-up fight. And if Lahovich doesn't fight a specific game plan and he headhunts Israel Adesanya, he is going to hand that belt over to him. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see what happens, and I'm excited for that. Um, let's uh, let's talk about waiting on the odds, there, big guy. Why don't you pull up the mybookie.ag, mybookie.com, and we are using promo code Wayne in. And they'll give you a little extra cash, spending cash for you guys. And this is a good weekend to do it because they've got some good odds. And this is a great card. You can bet on all of these fights. <laughs> so yeah. I'm pumped up for all of them. But let's go ahead and talk over some of the odds there, John. Why don't you take it away, buddy? I think in the first one, you know, listen, you got to go with the championship fight. And Israel Adesanya is the favorite at minus 225. So the champion is a plus 185 underdog to Adesanya. Do you take that? That's up to you guys. I look and I go, that's the kind of fight. It can go either way. And so if you're going to bet, I would bet a little on the guy that's the underdog because I can make more money. And it's not that big a thing if I end up losing, if I'm thinking that Israel Adesanya is probably going to win the fight anyway. So that's the way I go with that. I would if I go to go the Megan with... Anderson fight, though. Oof. I don't even want to talk about it. Go ahead. You got to go on the other side of the fight. <laughs> no, I would probably go with Jan, you know, to win the yeah. 185. I would probably do it just to take it. But uh, with the Megan Anderson and Amanda Nunes fight, plus 595 for Megan Anderson, minus 970. Look, That's changed, though, which means yes. people are putting money on Megan Anderson. That's the I, only way those odds change like that. Yeah, I know, but who? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm John. thinking a bunch of people listening to you. You thought I know. You go, I like that. I'll uh, take that. I'll just take that any day, man. You're gonna spend 25 <laughs> bucks. Go ahead and see what yeah. happens. You know, you spend 25, 30 bucks. And that's for, it. Yeah. If you put 20, 25 bucks on it, I'm like, go ahead. All right. You know, if like you're put if you're putting, you know, big money, don't you'll see these people putting, you know, five thousand dollars down. Oh. It's like, what are you? Doing. I'm not even betting a hundred bucks. <laughs> Do you realize what I'll win? Yeah, yeah, I realize what you'll win and I know what you're gonna lose. Yeah. No, no way. If I'm gonna put like 20, 30 bucks on it. I mean, you get a little bit of a turnaround, you gotta get some money to come in, but yeah, there's no way I'm putting over a hundred bucks on that fight. Uh <laughs> <laughs> just no way. 
No way. Um, Aljamain Sterling is a minus one fifteen, and Peter Yan minus one fifteen. That's it's even an even fight. Money. My bookie has that as an even fight, which is impressive for Aljamain Sterling right now. I look at that, and that's a I like. I always like betting that type of fight. Yep, I like it because I'm going to go with a guy I actually think is going to win. Peter Yan. So, I was like, yep, yeah, I think Peter's going to yep. win this fight. Yeah, but you're, so you're going to bet, you're only going to win 115. No, I'm, so what? I'm happy um, winning 115. I guess. <laughs> you want these big paydays. I do. Oh, it's little tight. It's, it's like volume punching. All yeah. I got to do is keep touching you. I just keep touching you. Last year, you're going to fall. Last year's Kentucky Derby got my whistle wet. <laughs> and so I just, it got me going, buddy. It got me going. Oh, now I'm like, man. if it's not big money, I don't want it. Oh, it's embarrassing. Um, Tiago Santos and Alexander Rakic. That's really, a, that's a, that's a good odds. You know, Rakic is the guy that's, uh, he's the uh, favorite minus 155 while Santos is a plus 125. Again, I think either guy can win that fight, but I'd probably bet on Santos, especially giving my, you know, first round. He can put him out in the first round. It's possible. Not saying he will, but he's the dangerous guy in the first round. This is one of those fights that I just wouldn't touch. Like, I like both fighters. I think both, like, I don't like to touch the fights where the guy that can win in the first round because he has the power. And it's only a three-round fight, so the the odds of him getting extremely exhausted to like not win the second or one of the third or something like that, it kind of scares me. Santos can dictate the pace of the fight for at least a round and a half with his power, but Rakic can do whatever it is he wants to do because he can take the fight anywhere he wants. It's going to be a good fight. I just don't know. I, this is not one of those fights I want to really lose my money on. <laughs> you know, I would put. I'd rather put twenty bucks on. Megan I don't want to. I don't want to lose my money on any fight. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Casey Kenny uh, and Dominic Cruz. What do know, you think? Minus one thirty-five, minus plus one hundred five for Dominic Cruz. You know, it's it's a tight one. It's it really who do you think is going to win? When it comes to this being this close on the money line, who do you think is going to win? You're gonna you're gonna go and you're gonna put down a hundred bucks to win hundred and five on Dominic. Yeah, I'm not going to bet. I'm not going to bet. It's one of those fights I'm not going to bet. Like the same thing with the Islam Makachev fight. Even though he's favored 355 over Drew Dober at plus 280, I'm not betting on my on my friend. I don't do that. It just is bad karma. Just leave that shit alone. Don't even buy. You know, fighters are, I think some fighters are very superstitious. I'm one of them, dudes. I don't bet on my friends. Um, I would tell you I would take that bet. See, that's that's one that I would bet right away. I know it's minus 355. I'd put, a, I'd put 355 down to win 100 because... In my opinion, that's a solid bet. All right. Well, you guys keep that tape. I, I just, I just don't, I just don't, I don't bet on my friends. So I'm just like, ah, yeah. I, I, I get, it makes me nervous. You know, like you bet on them. Not only do you want them to win, but now you're gonna lose money if they don't win. Like that's worse. You're adding more stress. No, that on way top. you can go. That way you can go after them and go. Jesus Christ! Not no. only did you, you lost me this much money. <laughs> John, do you remember that video when we watched uh, Khabib fight? Oh, yeah. No, thank you, man. Excuse me, Mr. Stress Bucket. Yeah, can you imagine what I'd be like if I actually had money bet on my friends as well? Absolutely not. Not. 
No way. Not take him down. That. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. Take him uh. down. Wrestle, wrestle, wrestle. <laughs> what are you doing? Don't stand. Like, oh, no, thank you. Um, Askarov versus Benavides. Askarov is the favorite. Minus 125 over Benavides at a minus 105. It's pretty close, though, John. That is close. Very close odds. I would go. Which I would is- go with Askarov though, and not that I'm not trying to be a jerk. I, I love yeah, Benavides, but <laughs> I just I feel like look, two bad losses, and now you have you know, and now you have a guy you, that guy I, that can stand up and throw. Yeah, are you the same guy? That's the other thing too. After two yeah. nasty losses, are you the same guy? I I don't know. You know, and age father time is there, so I'm gonna go with Askarov at the minus one twenty five. Pains me to say that because I'm a big Joe fan. It does. Pains me to say that. I hate to see guys that I know from like my era of fighting. Not really. He's younger than me, but you know, from like kind of the time when I was still fighting. It's gonna be sad when that last one finally leaves from my era. Like, ah, oh, man, I'm really that old. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, do you ever think about that? Like, like, oh yeah, like the like the group of fighters that you were able to ref when they are finally when all of them are gone. Like, do you ever think about that? Happened multiple times. No, no, I'm saying, no, I'm saying like when you're now you're done being a ref because you're a commentator now, yeah. you're an analyst now. Have you thought about like, hey, you've still refs, lots of the fighters are still fighting yeah. when the last one is finally gone. Okay. I see what you're saying. Cause I was going to say, there's been multiple yeah. progressions no. of th- those guys are now gone. Then the next ones yeah. are now gone. Um, yeah, no, I, it's funny because you're, you, it's so funny. People, I have people all the time saying, you know, when are you going to referee your next fight? It's like. I retired over three years ago. I'm not refereeing any more fights. And it's, but people see you all the time still, you know, when they're showing highlights of people and the fights, you know, that they're going to fight this opponent. And so it shows the opponent and and I was the referee. So eventually that'll end, man. I'll I'll get thrown to the side when there's nobody else that I refereed still fighting exactly what you're saying. But it's so funny because I had, you know, I can, I can recall. You know, BJ Penn, you know, getting on the bus when we were at uh, UFC 35 and he had lost. So he was, he was kind of crushed, but he said, he goes, and he says, hey, you know, I, I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for doing my fight. You know, he says, I've been watching you since I was a little kid. <laughs> and I've, I've had more fighters say, I've been, I've been, I've been watching you since I was a little kid. Said, yeah. Thanks. Really appreciate that. That makes me feel great. But, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. It really is. And it's, when the when the last fighter that I've worked with is done, you know what? It's it's all good, man. Because there's just the next one's coming. I don't feel bad about it at all. I don't think, oh man, you know, they're all gone. I just feel bad that, man, I'm that old. Yeah, we talked about this the other day. Uh, what last show or the show before that? You did my first fight in the UFC and did my last fight that I ever fought, and here we are now. And this. see, you did. You, you, you never put me on that list where all the guys that you liked, and there's the reasons why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I won my first one, and you cost me my my last one. So I get it. <laughs> uh, I didn't. I didn't cost you. Oh no, I it wasn't. It, it wasn't going to go my way. As I tried out, <laughs> it wasn't a very good performance by my part. Anyways, um, other than that, okay. So let's uh let's roll into some news, I and mean, that's our weighing in on the odds, ladies and gentlemen. Use the promo code weighing in. Go to mybookie.ag or mybookie.com to take you to the same location. Hopefully, you guys uh take our advice. Don't take our advice, but the bottom line is the odds are there, and you get a little extra, little extra spending cash if you use that promo code weighing in. So check it out. 
Hit it before the fights start on Saturday and enjoy. Hey, and I want a percentage. If we got something right here, I want like at least two, three percent. Okay, kick me back. Two or three. Yeah, I'll get, I got a Venmo. Don't worry. Just hit me up. Okay. okay? <laughs> All right. So let's uh, let's go over some news there, podcast, Dave. So we just got right before we started filming the show, we uh, found out that Junior DeSantos and Overeem were cut from the USC. Yeah. We kind of we predicted that a while ago. But it's tough. It's, it's especially it's heavyweights are a rare breed, especially with promotions, and they like to hold on to them, even when they're getting older. But you can take a look and performance-wise and cost, you, you've got to balance it out. And the performances that they're going to get from both of these guys now, for the amount of money that they cost, probably isn't, you know, weighing in and in the proper direction for the fighters. And so something you kind of felt was coming i thought the ufc was going to start to release some pull up the the weight class please the division we had talked about a month ago three weeks ago about how god what are they going to do they got a bunch of older fighters there i'm sorry but in the last three weeks we've seen the young fighters rise to the top and they said like you just said you guys cost us this much money we have no fans and we probably won't have fans like you know at every event or pay-per-view fans you know, um, for the next four months, maybe longer. Okay. And so let's get rid of that weight. Look, when I, and I, I understand what you're saying about the heavyweights. Heavyweights are, they're hard to come by. You know, so when you have some that are, that are able to still perform and still put on good fights, but then it starts coming down to pay. And sure. are you worth, are you bringing in the amount of viewerships that are paying your salary? And when these guys, you know, with uh, Alistair not being champion in the UFC, Correct. Yeah, not being champion in the UFC, but you no, know, I, I was—he's been champion everywhere else. So yeah. I was like, "Wait, did he win the title? I forget about it." Um, <laughs> CTE, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but Alistair never, never really getting there, never winning that championship, and then Junior being the former champion, he's getting paid pretty well. Both guys getting paid a lot of money, and just not not being able to live up to the expectations now during a time when there's no fans to help to help pay them. And so I understand that cut. But then you also have a rise of all these really young, talented fighters in the heavyweight division, which we had just criticized. I had just criticized a month ago about how it was kind of the older guys, you know. And um, and now we're seeing the younger guys rise to the top and they're performing and putting on some great fights. And now I'm pumped back up for the heavyweight division in the UFC, which I wasn't before. And so it's sad to say, and I don't want people thinking that I was poking at anybody else, but we had said this a while ago, John. And not just about the heavyweight division. I had said this a while ago when member Dana came out and said, look, we're going to lose. We're going to cut 60 more fighters. And I had said something about Tony Ferguson. And Tony came back and said, I ain't cutting me and this and that. But I said, like, look, this is true. They are probably not going to cut you. And I hope they don't. And I'm not just talking about Tony. I'm talking about guys like I'm going to give out some names. And I'm sure every name is going to fucking hate me for saying this. Guys like Joseph Benavides. He needs to get a win. Okay? Yeah, he does. And as much as I love Dominic Cruz, Dominic Cruz, these guys get paid a lot of money. And and I'm just, I'm going, you know, I can go through the list from some other guys as well, but those are the two that come to mind. They get paid a lot of money and they need to win. You know, and especially as you get uh older, the speed, the performance, the the enthusiasm from fans is not there anymore. And when that starts to dissipate and go away, you start having a problem justifying what you are paying them as as a promotion 
Now Dom can Dom will still probably stay at the UFC being a commentator and this oh, and that. Yeah. You know, oh, no. um and, and Joe is I think Joe would be a ph- phenomenal commentator as well. Um, you know, someone to mix in there, you know, in that as well. But uh, I'm just I, those are just the two names that I I threw out there. Diego Sanchez, another name. You know? Uh Cowboy Cerrone. Cowboy Cerrone. You know, I mean we can go on in this and like it's, sure. and I'm not trying to get on them. It's just I'm saying as a promotion, the amount of money that they make and and the enthusiasm that people tune in to watch when they are able to have people come back into the arenas and sell tickets, it will not be there like it was when they were younger. And they're the promotion needs to justify the amount of money they're spending on them. And I don't know if that's going to happen. And so you're going to start to see these guys start to get cut. That's just the simple fact, John. No, it is. And it's, you know, it unfortunately, and this is, you know, it goes with a lot of different occupations, but in the end, you know, if you're a fighter signed by the UFC, you know, it's, it's really the rare guy that gets to decide I'm going to walk away. I'm going to retire. That's, that's actually rare. It's normally you're getting cut, you know, and it's, it all comes down to, well, how did you think this was going to end? You know, did you think that it was going to end with this? Oh, you're, they're going to do this, you know, big buildup and you're going to walk away. And hopefully you are that guy that gets to do that. But if you are that guy, you're the rarity. Normally it's the fighters getting released. They're being let go. They're being given their, you know, walking papers so they can go somewhere else if they want, you know, but this is no different than Anderson Silva. What did Anderson Silva do for the UFC as a company? Man, think of all the fights that he had and what, you know, he was able to do for that company. But in the end, he still wants to fight. And they're at the point saying, I can't pay you the amount of money that I'm paying you for what I'm now getting as a service because you're not the same fighter. And so, you know, it's his walking papers. How did you expect this to end? It's, it's that, you know, I talk to guys all the time and tell them, Hey, I want you to think about this. How do you expect it to end? Are you going to be the one making the call or is somebody going to be making the call for you? Because no matter what they're making the call when they release you. Yeah. So it's, it's rough. It's just, it's, it's the, one of the sad sides of the business that you know, it's not it's not nice well covid had didn't help with this situation either because they would have probably <laughs> kept them a lot longer i mean, would say at least for another two or three more fights you have shogun hua uh was he released or did he retire i think he retired shogun hua yeah I think he so retired. he retired but like you have guys like that like they would have continued to probably have them fight had there been allowed uh, fans to be allowed in the arena because what they do is they go out on their shield. The old time fighters like a Shogun or like a Dos Santos, uh, they go out on their they go out on their shield. And the fact is, and in Overeem, these guys will go out on their shield. Joseph Benavides, those guys will go out on their shield. Fans want to see that in the arena. That's what they pay for. And so if the if the if there was fans to be allowed, I think they'd still be on the roster. But Maybe. since there's no fans, like with the Connor, with the Connor fight and Dustin Poirier, they're losing probably close to twenty million dollars at the gate. Oh, easy. You know, yeah. I, you know. I think the average, or not the average, but like you know, the the mid to upper level of the gates were eighteen to twenty-two million, from what I was told. You know, um, and so when you're losing that amount of money, you can't afford to pay these fighters. You can 
But then people need to remember that they have they they offer a lot of other things outside of just being a fight promotion. And I tip my hat to the UFC for doing things like that. You know, they 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 offer the insurance. They have the Performance Institute, which a lot of the fighters now train at and recover at and do a lot of things there. You know, they offer other like a lot of little other details that, you know, that's not offered, you know, to a lot of fighters. And so that's yep. kind of that's great. But I think the fans being in the arena is a big deal. These fighters would probably still be on the on under contract or they wouldn't have been let go had there been fans still in the arena. Maybe. Yeah, you know, it's it's a rough one. You know, I like a junior, and junior was a he was a fun guy to watch. But he had two fights against your friend, Mister Velasquez. Three. That that was well. Yeah, no, two, two of the two of the shittiest ones though. Two two of the ones are the ones that changed his career. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's rough. It, it, we talk about it all the time. You know, there are those fights where you leave a small portion of yourself in that cage forever, and then there's fights where you leave a big portion. Dean Velasquez took a ton of Junior Dos Santos and left him in that cage. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it's sad, but you know, it's got to come to an end sometime. Yeah. It, it just does. It's, it's just the nature of the beast. Where do they go? Do they keep fighting or do they call it a career? Well, I mean, you can look and say, uh, you know, there's some promoter somewhere that would want to use them and, you know, it's, can they still fight? Yeah, they can still fight, but they are not. The, the problem is they are not the fighters that they once were, and yeah. they're not going to be those fighters ever again. So you can take a look. You know, Alistair at a certain time was a monster. Now, I'm not going to say why, but horse meat was a big contributing factor to it. But he was a monster back then, and he just ate people alive. He was scary, Yeah, you know, as an Uberine. Now he fights a completely different style. He's very defensive in what he does. He doesn't bring the fight the same way because he can't because he needs to protect himself. And I don't blame him, but he's just a different fighter. He's not that intimidating, awe-inspiring fighter that he once was. Same with Junior Dos Santos. He was a guy that had fast hands, had big knockouts, you know, and he was explosive, but he's not the same fighter. Yeah. And so... If you're gonna, you know, use him, what are you expecting out of him? He's he he'll he'll go there and he'll fight, but he can't give you what he once used to give. Yep. It's just not there anymore. It's true. It, Father Time's undefeated. Uh, so. Dave, what else you got? Um, the story from earlier in the week that Paulo Costa uh, claimed that he was <laughs> drunk when he fought. Uh, he was hungover. Oh, stop. So his quote was that... Stop. Uh, you're, you're killing me. I love it. Says, you're uh, killing me. You're killing me, Smalls. You're says, killing me. Yeah, it's as bad as smelled like alcohol and cigarettes. Oh, I know. It's just, <laughs> man, you know what? It, it just comes down to, you know, win with class. Lose with class. Don't make excuses. Yeah. You know, I, I, say, it, you know, I say it to referees all the time. God damn it. Don't freaking make an excuse. If you made a mistake, figure out how did I make the mistake? What was it? How do I make it? So it doesn't happen again. Paulo, you made a mistake when you fought the way you did against that guy. Figure it out. Come back and do it again. Don't make an excuse. Yeah. It doesn't I mean, make you look better. Well, Izzy said he's going to go back down to 85. So if that's the case, <laughs> get your shit together, fix it and go back and show everyone that boom, 
I'm not going to drink wine the night before. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm going to come up with a little better game plan. Yeah, I just if you're going to come up with an excuse, give me something better than that. Give me something <laughs> better. Come on. Give me, give me. That one, John, that one was really give me, bad. give me an excuse you would use if you lost a fight. Get like, you know, a title fight. Give me, give me something you would use. I took Josh Make Thompson's one up. Advice. Make, Make one, one up. up. Make one you know, up. It, dude, that you're, might be you're believable. A lot, you're a lot better off saying, you know, man, I ate dinner that night and I got sick and I just, I couldn't hold anything down. And, you know, that's why I had the performance I had. I didn't Food want to poisoning. make the excuse. Yeah. Well played, my friend. Thank you very All much. All you young fighters, if you guys lose, go right to food poisoning. Well played. <laughs> the the, the uh, pizza was tasty, uh, but it had bad things in it. It's awesome. What else you got for us, Dave? Um, Hamza coming out and saying that he's uh, retiring. He retired. His quote was. <laughs> Uh, I want to say thank you all so much for supporting me in my journey in the sport. I think I'm done. Yes, I know I didn't take the belt, but it's not the most important victory in this life. It may upset you, uh, but my heart and body tell me everything. I want to say a big thank you to my team. And then Dana came out and said, basically, I talked to him, he's not retired. And then his team said the same thing. Yeah, I mean, you got to understand, like, and I very rarely agree with Dana White, but Dana is very... He was on point when he said, look, there's a lot of emotions going on. These fighters, they train every and he's day. he's young. He's young. He trains every day. He's He wants to be as active as possible. Three fights in what? It's what a month and a half? Something month. like that. In a month. Yeah. Like, he, he has goals. And he's driven by those goals. And the success was on a, a rise to the top to be catapulted right into a title shot as fast as possible. You know? And COVID hit. And it changed his life. And so now he's got to make some adjustments. He's got to sit on the sideline and not train because, you know, training will make it worse and his recovery will take longer. And so he has made it worse. Yeah. And so it has. And and he just kept ramping it up when he just kept knocking him down. So he's just got to dial it back, you know, get on medication or whatever it is he needs to do to help help himself recover and slowly ease back into it. But he needs to he needs to relax and recover. Just take your time. This is you're young. You got plenty of time to be champion. Okay. Like, and just, you'll get there. Don't rush it. Uh, you look at him and again, he's young. And so he's looking at like the fact that he can't go into the gym and dominate guys and do well and be the guy that's really, you know, out there throwing guys. And all of a sudden these guys are, they're throwing him. He doesn't feel good. His strength is gone. He has no win. All of these things that are happening to him, it is fucking with his head. Yeah. And he's going, I, I, I'm done. Is he done? Absolutely not. He just needs to take some time off. Stop the training. Get well. If you're taking prednisone, which I heard he was taking, which is fine for him to take because that's to help him, but it also hurts your immune system. And it makes it to when you work out, you got no gas. So... Get off of all of the medication that you, you know, once you have, you know, gotten rid of the COVID and you're feeling better, get off the medication, give it some time to get out of your body, then go back to training and yeah. start to step into it and it'll all come back. But when you're young, you think the world is ending. It's not. He's going to be around for a long time. He's going to be trouble for a lot of people. Yeah. I, I had the flu and I, I was on, uh, uh, what's it called? What do they call it? The flu 
medication. I didn't even know there was yeah, a flu there's medication. A, there's a flu medication. <laughs> I had the flu, and my doctor did give me some flu medication. It's called Theraflu? What? Theraflu. Theraflu. Yeah. It was like a th- no, it wasn't Theraflu. Theraflu. <laughs> no, not Theraflu. It was, it was uh, God, I can't remember what it was called. Anyway, it's going to kill me now. It's going to bug the crap. Heroin. No, not that either. It's called heroin. Anyway, so they uh, they put me on this medication. I went to training the next day. Like, I thought I was cured. Got out there and sparred. I got, like, maybe halfway through the first round. Hobbs like, get the fuck out of here. Go home. Like, you're useless to me. Like, I was in there trying to spar with some amateurs. Not even like pros. And they were kicking the shit out of me. He's like, Toasted you you're up. already tired. He's like, you're already <laughs> exhausted. You can't even keep your arms up. He's like, I know you're in shape. I just ran like a week ago. I ran, you know, sprints with you at the track. You ran two miles of sprints at the track. He's like, get out of here, dude. Go home. You're worthless to me. Tamiflu. Tamiflu. There you go. There you go. That's right. what we're looking for. See, I've put, I've taken some Tamiflu and Tamiflu just knocked me wrecked down you. man just wrecked me had no conditioning my arms i was like trying to keep my arms up i was gonna just i was like like a fucking pebs dispenser just ah, blah, blah. <laughs> just he just cleaned up by this 145 pound amateur who's not even like you know not even fighting in like good shows it was horrible not even he wasn't even a king of the cage fighter it was so oh. i was getting pieced up and hobbs like get out of here dude you're worthless yep. anyways uh what else you got for us dave uh, Rumble making headlines with his uh, trimmed down physique. Sam, I'll tell you what. They need to take a picture of Rumble here and then take a picture of Rumble when he was doing the bodybuilding thing. Oh, he was like man. 285, 290. I, I, I give him credit, man. Obviously, he's been working his ass off. He's been having the right nutrition because he looks great. You know, He's back down. I, I think I was the one saying he'll never be a light heavyweight again. Yes, you he's were. too big. Yeah. You told me, no, he'll be no, a light heavyweight. Well, man, I'll tell you what. You called that one because he looks good right now. Well, John, you got to remember, he was 204, 205 pounds cutting to 170. Yeah. Like, he, can, he was he 220 can, pounds cutting to yeah, 170. He can, he can make 205. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I understand what you were saying. He, he was When I had saw him during the bodybuilding phase, he came to San Jose for his birthday party here at one of the clubs here, and I came down to visit him while he was there. He was 310 pounds. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was like, I was like, I walked in. I was like, hey, where's Anthony? And some guy turned around. I was like, oh, shit, that's you. <laughs> I was like, what'd you do with my friend? Where Did you eat him? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, what the hell? He was so damn big. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he's back on track. And Henry Hoof said he's, his training's been going well. He's, he's on track. You know, everything seems like it's right. They got a tough task ahead of him. But, but yeah, he looks good. He looks really good. He, he's a hard worker. You know, um, he's got speed, he's got power. We know all those things. I just want to know. I want to know what the ring rust is going to do. That's it. Yeah, it's the real. If you're going to look and say what's the real concern, three years off, yeah. three years away from the game, three years of not fighting. But I, you know, I will say he 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 is at least in possession of what I call the equalizer because man, he's got a right hand that he can knock yeah. anybody out. So. He's a, he's a special guy. <laughs> I, I just give him hats off to lose that much weight and to look the way you look. Obviously, you've been working your ass off. Good job there, Anthony. Yeah, he looks good. What yeah, you got? Great. Um, ben Askin posted a video. Um, just oh, God. Um, so here's the video, and, and if you guys want to see it, it's on his IG. 
It's um, on Ben Askren's IG. It's, yeah, on Ben Askren's IG, and it's a the initial pictures are red mat with his feet. So check that video out when these guys yeah. are talking. Skipping about. rope, baby. Skip Looking and, good. Yeah, skipping rope, jogging. The problem. The, the problem is if you watch him as he's sparring, Ben. A lot of what you're doing is illegal in boxing. You can do that in MMA. You can't do that in boxing. You're going to be fighting Jake Paul and the referee. Look, you can't put your glove out in front of someone's face and hold it there. That's illegal. No. Okay. You also can't push push against their head with it and hold their head in a position yeah. and grab a collar tie and throw a punch. You want to go to bare knuckle boxing, you can do that. But you can't do that in boxing. Yeah. John, but here's the thing is I told you, I told you um what his game plan will be. And this is why I'm picking Ben to win. Is his game plan will be to to pressure what's this kid's name? The Paul, Jake kid. Paul. Paul, okay, the, the Paul, bullion. yeah, the Jake Paul. Okay, I, I get Logan and Jake, and anyways, the Paul kid, <laughs> the Paul kid. He's gonna pressure him so much that he's gonna exhaust himself trying to knock him out, and he may knock him out in the process. But I'm picking Ben to make him so flustered and so frustrated that he's gonna exert so much energy trying. I to hope knock he ben does, and Ben kicks his ass. But I hope Ben wins. Man. What scares me is that it's it's two minute rounds. Like you get a no. minute, yeah. It's two minute rounds with a minute. No. With, yes, they're where'd not, you hear that? It's, they're not three minute rounds. They're two minute rounds. It's a professional boxing. I don't think so. I know. Yes, I know. I know it is. But I'm saying I think they're two minute rounds. No. L let's look it up. I want to make bare sure we're clear bare on knuckle this. boxing is two. No, rounds. I think it's, it's two minute I rounds. Think it's two minute rounds. I don't think so. What's the? It's on. It's on Triller. Triller. The, uh, the promotion. So. But I believe the rules here, let's, are... Let, while, while Dave is looking at that, okay. we can talk all we want about... Ask, Frank Mir is fighting Antonio oh. Tarver on the undercard of that fight. Frank Mir, I love you, brother. You're a good man. I've done a lot of things with you. And I know you, you put out this nice statement of, hey, you know, all this stuff about you always wanted to, you know, box Frank. God damn it. <laughs> I, hope the, I, I hope the money's worth it, brother. I'm sure it I is. I really do. I'm sure it is. I'm sure he's uh, probably, I would imagine he's probably making more than he made in any of his, in any one of his fights. I don't know about that, but. I would be, it's pretty close. Eh, I don't know about that. Uh, I would say it's pretty close. He, he fought in this thing called UFC 100 against Brock Lesnar. Yeah. Probably I know, I know, I know. He made good money, but I'm saying, like, I think in this fight, he probably made, if that, if not more. He's he's gonna make that, if not more. Yeah. Right here, guys. What is it? Eight three minute rounds. Oh, eight three. Minute. Okay, okay, okay. To me now, that favors Ben even more. <laughs> even more. I even thought it more. was. I thought it was eight two minute rounds. Yeah. No. No. I for sure. I think. I think Ben wins now for sure. He's just gonna walk him down. And just pressure him and pressure him and pressure him. He's Ben's just gonna put his hands up and just walk him down, touch him, touch him, like stop, control his stop, head. Yes. Stop, stop. Here's the difference. See, when Ben did that kind of thing in MMA, mm -hmm. there was no referee that came in and stopped and pulled yeah. him apart and all that stuff. Because all Jake Paul has to do is if Ben comes in, is throw, boom, boom, grab. Just be be Floyd Mayweather. You know, take a look at Bernard Hopkins. Oh, you want to try to put pressure? Boom, 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 and I'll grab. Guess who's going to separate me? 
and get me away from you. Wait a second. It's called the referee. You think that Jake Paul... I didn't say he can fight like him. I'm just saying use those tactics. You're saying, though, you're still telling me that Jake Paul is going to be able to just clinch an Olympian. Just like, just grab him and just be like, yeah, let me clinch with you real quick. It's called holding and boxing, yeah, do you think which he's is able illegal. To hold? You think you're going to be able to illegal? hold? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's not going to be able to hold him if he doesn't want really? to. Really? Yeah. You're not being thrown. You're telling No. You're, but you're I, not no. going for takedown. I'm saying that it's, it's going to be hard to hold him, period. Shit. Come on, what are you talking about? <laughs> are you fucking shit. crazy? Oh, man. If Ben Askren doesn't want to be clinched, I don't think Jake Paul can clinch him. Pumbling-wise, you're telling me that Jake Paul, this amateur fighter's going to be able to just clinch him and grab him. First off, there's no pummeling in boxing. But he's not going to be able to grab him. How are you going to grab me if I don't let you get into my arms? It's real. Hands up. To grab some. Yeah, go grab ahead. around his body like grab. this and hug yeah, him. Yeah, he's going to. And then they're going to separate, and, and then yeah. Ben's going to walk forward again. And he's going to get punched. Okay. And for how long can Jake Paul, or how long, is it Paul, Jake? Jake Paul. Okay, so Jake, sorry, guys, <laughs> the Paul kid. How long can the Paul kid do this? Uh, we'll see. I, mean, I eight, hope. Eight, I, three-minute rounds? Josh, Josh, I am, I am going to pray to God. That Ben Askren wins that fight. I just look at what Ben brings as a boxer. Yeah. It ain't pretty. Do we have betting odds on this? Does my bookie have betting odds on this? I'm sure Let's they check will. And see. I want to see this. I want to see. They don't if right now. I want to see if they do. Yes, when? April. Oh, when is this fight? April. Oh, April. Never mind. It's they probably Next don't month. right now. Yeah. Do we? Maybe I don't think they have them now. They usually don't start putting their odds up until about two weeks out. Oh, let me see. No. No, no. Boxing? Boxing. There we go. go to boxing. Let's try this. Oh, there, there it is. Right is. There. Let's Boom. see it. Let's see what these odds are. Oh, we're on oh, Josh's Wi-Fi. I might, so you know. uh, I, might, oh, yeah. I might need to make some. Oh. Ooh, minus 150 to plus one. Ben Askren is the That's underdog at a plus 110. That's all I make? I need better odds than that before I go putting money on my boys. <laughs> God. Come on, really? Will Ben Askren be knocked he, down? That's a good one right there. Yes, he will be. Yeah, I think he will be. Will Ben Askren be knocked down? Yeah. <laughs> will I'll Ben Askren win by KO? No. TK, <laughs> TKO, maybe. Ben Askren to win by KO or TKO. Here's the thing that frustrates me. Really? Only plus 100? Only minus one forty. That's all you're giving me. Well, all all of those odds are going to change, and they're going to change big because Brendan Schaub is picking Ben Askren <laughs> to win. So that just put the big kibosh on the luck streak of Ben Askren. It's uh, like it's like Schlepprock picking you, oh, or man. Sports Illustrated putting you on the cover. You are destined to lose. I picked Ben Askren. <laughs> I picked Ben Askren too, though. You're putting me in that <laughs> that they're putting me in that category right now. As, as soon as as soon as Brendan goes to your side, you're done. You, you are out, man. <laughs> man. If Ben wins, though, then what are you going to say? I want an apology from you. I am hoping that I, Ben wins. I want wins. an apology from you. I want you to speak no up and say it. Yeah. I wish, oh, this guy. Okay. What else? What What other? Is that, is that all the uh, the bets on that? Uh, on that yeah, fight? That okay. Is, uh, okay. All right. Well, look, Ben, you can't grab the back of the head and throw uppercuts. That's nope. against the rules. Um, you also can't leave your fist in the middle of someone's face, pushing their head away and hitting with your free hand. Yeah. That's against the rules. You but also here's can't the, hit him to the back. But are we using real refs? Yes. Is this a real fight? 
Yes. Like it, oh, so okay. What is what is Triller? Is this like a Here, website? So, so you know. What is Jake it? Paul's last fight against Nate Robinson was refereed by Tom Taylor out of California. Tom Taylor is a world championship referee. He's an outstanding referee. Got it. Guy has got his shit together. Uh-huh. He's the one that did his last fight. So yeah, it'll you, have a real referee. In fact, you, it, when his brother Logan fought, it was Jack Reese was the referee. Do you think that these refs look at these guys and go, these are fucking morons. Like, do I even care what happens? <laughs> like, do you think they're like, go ahead, hold a little bit. I don't care. Like, go ahead, push on his face and hit him, clinch him and hit him uppercut. Like, they're thinking to themselves, I'm getting paid to ref these two clowns. Like, you know, like. No, this- what they're thinking truthfully is mm. they're thinking these guys belong in amateur fighting. They, is- they have no clue of what they're doing. And this is more like trying to referee amateurs than it is professionals. <sighs> so why the hell? Are they giving a professional license? In boxing, I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, this is, like, Ben's really good at being an MMA fighter, you know? But boxing, I mean, I don't know. If I'm a ref, I'm going, go ahead, you can clinch the head a little bit. Uppercuts. <laughs> like, you can dirty boxing. <laughs> Give him the Randy Couture. You can do that. Go That's right it. ahead. Go ahead, man. I just, I don't know. If I was a ref, I'd like, yeah, I'd let we'll, a little we'll, thing slide. We'll, we'll, we'll change the rules. Yeah, just yeah make some adjustments. What else you got for us there, podcast, Dave? All right, last thing on the agenda tonight is news that Conor McGregor sold proper 12. Oh. Here, let me just uh, let me just go. I'm in the money. Yeah. I'm in the money. <laughs> I mean, they're saying estimate it's estimated worth is around 305, 310 million. <coughs> Bullshit. I Bullshit. would say it's probably closer to around 6, maybe double that, 600 million. Um, you were because you, Dave, you work in the liquor industry, mm-hmm. but you had said that George Clooney had sold his gin. Uh, I think it was like a mezcal or tequila or something. Oh, like so it was like a type of tequila. Yeah. He had sold it for a billion dollars, a little over a billion, right? One yeah. point something billion. And I would assume that Connor is probably doing something like this to probably move on to another venture. I mean, once you, I w- I'm interested to find out though if he, if he's his face. And his name stays attached to it. That's what I'm interested to find out. That might be part of the whole, uh, you know, part of the deal is that he has to remain with as part of advertising or whatever. You never know what you know they're gonna yeah. do. But here, here he is buying a bottle of Proper Twelve after he told us that he has kegs. Yes. Of it waiting for his son, and at 21 years that they're gonna open it up together, which I thought was kind of cool. But. That's awesome. Maybe he will not have any more kegs of whiskey waiting for his son. But it's really cool. He comes in here and he says, like, oh, you know, I, I noticed you guys just started carrying it recently. Um, oh, and don't worry, we're going to get you a stand in here. Or not. He's, like, really, he's really good. He's just, you can tell he's really involved and really invested in, in the brand. And the but you, you had brought this up, though, Dave, that because you work in the liquor industry, you're saying, like, with George Clooney, right, it's just his name and his face that go along with the, the brand. Mm-hmm. With him, though, he's actually there at events, signing autographs, signing bottles, doing, like in taking Bevmo pictures. Stores. Yeah, he's in BevMo, and, like, in yeah. BevMo stores. Like, yeah. in, I don't know if they have BevMo around the world, but here big, in the States, big, BevMo. Big difference. He is the brand. He is... But, absolutely associated with the brand of proper 12 but wouldn't george clooney proper be the same comes from where he where he grew up yeah, no george, george really. clooney isn't part of the same no but i'm saying though that, that was his brand yeah wouldn't, but but, yeah. but he's just a ta- he's just basically selling an alcohol it's like trump selling a vodka it's like um yeah 
it's like k hudson has a vodka right now as well it's like but doesn't the rock have a tequila and that's his right and you see him all over it like he's marketing that shit all over it and if he was smart at advertising on the wing and podcast i would say the name of that (laughs) tequila but since he doesn't i ain't saying the name of that crap you are very smart you are a smart man (laughs) thanks for your smart yeah, Connor, we can hit us up about that proper 12. <laughs> oh, man. You got anything else for us? Uh, that, that was the last piece of news from today. Got right. a big weekend ahead of us. We do have a big weekend ahead of us. Um, we, will be, we will be dropping. We will, Like always, we are the first show to drop. We are the best MMA podcast out there. And so we'd like to bring it to you fresh and clean. I've been saying that a lot lately because we are fresh, fresh and, and clean. clean. We are fresh and clean. Our drops are fast, and they drop when we drop them fast. We're at ninety thousand, ladies and gentlemen. This month of March, we're at what March third right now? Mm-hmm. March third. Okay, by April first, we want to be at a hundred thousand. We need your guys' help. I'm asking, please comment section, blow us up, comment, hit the likes and the thumbs up, share our videos. I'm saying, take our short clips and start sharing those out as well, all over Twitter, all over your social media. We we appreciate you guys, and we are thankful. That you guys have helped get us this far. Look at we have only been doing this for I'd say we're coming up on almost two years now, right, John? About a year and a half right now. Year and a half, right? Year now. and a half. So a year and a half, excuse me. For a year and a half. We're at ninety thousand. Let's try and get that hundred thousand mark before April. Gotta get there. Gotta get there. Like, go, like, come on, let's go. Is, this, let's is go. this your new competition, man? The competition for me, yes, this, is ninety this, this is a hundred thousand. Yes. <laughs> yes. It really is. I'm I'm amped up. I'm pumped up by it. I'm pumped up by this. I mean, to hit a hundred thousand is is a big deal, you know. And uh, I'm I'm amped up and I'm excited for this. So, I want to thank all of you guys for continuing to support us, and we hope that you guys enjoy our content. And uh, we're gonna be ripping out a couple more fan questions as well. Maybe we'll do a couple little fan questions at the end of this uh, weekend show because this is a big card. So I know we'll have plenty to talk about, but I'd also like to throw in a little extra flavor for uh, for the fan questions as well so maybe we'll try and do that on saturday a couple of those answer some of them maybe we should not let dave pick them i mean sometimes <laughs> but um but You're i'm thankful to, i'm thankful to you guys also hit that little bell off to the bottom right hand corner that lets you know when we drop because just so you guys know on sunday we normally drop at 6 a.m uh pst time so that's 9 a.m eastern time which is john's time 6 a.m my time but worldwide just so you guys know when we drop is normally uh, 6 a.m. PST time for us. So, um, but hit the, if you guys hit that little bell, that'll notify notify you guys when our show drops, whenever it is we drop. But I can tell you right now, we will drop at 6 a.m. Correct, Dave? 3 p.m. British Standard Time. There you go, buddy. I like it. See, we got a, we got a. Uh, what are you, a Scots? <laughs> <laughs> we got a Scot, a Scottish boy over here telling you uh, the times before, over there. Before we end, I gotta say one thing. I did a thing with the USO today. For all of our military people out there, man, thank you for what you guys do. You guys are awesome. We did a whole question and answer thing with them. I had Hoist Gracie and Chris Cyborg, and they were great. Uh, the, all the military people were great. Really bad question as far as, you know, one of the, one of the questions was great. I mean, yeah, a guy asked me, he says, 20 years from now, what, what are you hoping people think of your you know, what your status was in mixed martial arts and what you did. I said, man, 20 years from now, I just hope I'm still alive. <laughs> uh, this is true, by the way. Oh, hell yeah. Not man. Just I'm you. Not kidding. I think that, everybody. That's a serious comment right there. Not just but, you. Uh, I think everybody. 
but I want to tell everyone, uh, the USO, thank you for what you do for the military and everybody in the military, man, love you guys. Thank you for just everything that you do. I know it, it seems like no one cares. There's a lot of people out here. We do, do care. Yep. There's a lot of love and support. Um, Absolutely. for you guys nationwide, um, turn the TVs off. Okay. And just appreciate the people that are there. Go there, visit a base if you live nearby. See if you guys can visit and talk with them and be around them. And they are just absolutely amazing people. Um, there was one the best last of the best. The one last thing I wanted to talk about. Can you do me a favor, Dave? Can you pull up a picture of George St. Pierre on his Instagram? Uh oh. Why are you pulling up a picture of George St. Pierre? You're having a hard time spelling George. You no, want to, you I, want to, I didn't. I don't know if I had his um his thingy saved. His George, thingy, his thingy. His thingy. Well, I don't even want to talk about you and yeah. his thingy. Look right there where the chess is. John, can you see that? Yeah, he's playing chess. George St. Pierre, with or without hair. Oh, dude, it's driving me crazy. Of, he's got to get rid of that thing, man. It's driving <laughs> me crazy, John. I've been wanting to ask this question for like the last awesome. like probably three or four shows. With the, you're saying no, uh, I, I like the old George with the close to shaven head, man. Can you scroll down to close some crop. more? Can I close can you scroll down to some more GSPs? He's got a couple that are like a mohawk, like like that. George George Saint Slim Shady. <laughs> go, go to that. Go to another one. Right there in the when he's dead. Now it's combed over, but this one here he's running Damn, in the snow. It's almost looking gray. His face is like his face is red, red, running in the snow. Isn't this what soccer <laughs> players had like twenty years ago? I'm just I I don't know. Like he's never I've never seen him with hair. Yes. You know what though? Look, he, he hasn't aged. A little though. of the Beckham look. He hasn't aged at all, really though. Like he looks good. Like he still looks. What is he? Forty? He's forty yeah, years right old. Thirty nine, forty. Yeah, I think he looks good, man. Look at that freaking rip still. Oh, he's in great shape still. He yeah. still works out all the time, man. He's a great guy. Yeah. Well, anyways, hey, salute to, to George. Keep the hair. Don't keep the hair, George. Big support. But big fan. Shoveling snow with no shirt. It's sunny. Something out. is really stupid there. It's a Canadian thing. <laughs> <laughs> also, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. We have a new promo code for you guys up until the end of April, March. up until the end of March, up until April 1st or Mar end of March, basically, yeah, is what you just said. And we also have a St. Patrick's Day uh, specialized shirt for you guys. It says St. Patrick's Day on it, March 17th. And it is in green, Leprechaun Green. So check that out. Uh, that special will be done on when? When is that show? When is that? For the whole month of uh, March? March? Until March 17th, and then it's gone March forever. 17th. So after March 17th, it gone is gone forever. forever. So pick that shirt up, prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Use the promo code 100K. Yeah, Ooh, like you see that. where we're going with this, guys? Okay, we're trying to get that 100K. We have one month to do this. You guys, please get out there, share our videos, do all those things, help get us to a 100K. I want to thank you guys for listening. John, what you got? Only thing I got to say is for everyone out there, thanks for listening, and we'll see you.